Tired of jumping from job to job? How about a career in a recession-proof industry where you can make a difference and help create a healthier living and working environment? The pest management industry gives you the opportunity to work with more independence. OPC Pest Services will give you a chance to grow with advancement. Come be a part of our team at OPC Pest Services. Apply online at opcpest.com careers. That's opcpest.com careers. Where do you go to find all your favorite wine, beer, and spirits with selections customized to local tastes? For over 25 years, that go-to place has been Cox's Spirit Shop. Cox's, Louisville's go-to liquor store. Time now for the Sunday Morning Hangover with Nick Curran and Phil Baker on your number one spot for sports in Louisville, ESPN 680 and 105.7. Zach, I'm going to be a jerk for five seconds, and I apologize in advance for what I'm about to do to you, my friend. Your last Valentine's date was when? (laughs) Never. Really? Okay. Never been out on a Valentine's date? Nope. Got it. Okay. Overrated. Are you a dater? Not you, really. You don't enjoy dating? Eh, depends. Okay. Got Usually it. not. All right. Do you chat? I mean, are you a chatter? Yeah, I'm a chatter. Chatter. Oh, okay. yeah. Right. I like okay. chatting. Okay. He's married to the game. That's right. When I say the game, that's sports talk radio, damn it. He doesn't have time for that. And Zachy C... And my man, I've seen my man glisten around uh, the ladies. So don't hey, wanna... like I said, I, I don't stop and chat. I'm not Larry David. I'm not just gonna, you know, sit there and talk for five minutes about anything. I'm married to the game, but I, and, no, and we've heard and, your stance about Super Bowl parties yeah, and getting married during and, football, and married, basketball. See, he's married to sports talk radio, Listen, baby, and that's a great say attribute. I'm married to it, but well, I, I, well, I'm, it's a side chick. Yeah. Okay. I'm I'm for open relationships. Let's there it is. Up. He's a swinger of the game. There it is. <laughs> there it is. Uh, yeah. So good for you. The no Valentine. The, the Valentine's Day date is the absolute worst. worst. Oh, thank you. Well, and, and I look. Yes. I, I worked yes. in this. I know we're a couple days late from the, yeah, the most played out we're... sports talk uh, discussion out there. But w- when you worked in the service industry, and by the industry, I mean the business in terms of you know the waiting, bartending scene. Oh. you, you, you kind of oh. grow a little bit stale to the game. You would hate it, but I did enjoy. All the amateurs are out on that night. You'll love this though. It's but like New Year's Eve. It is. It is. I, I loved uh, Maven kind of walking Nick Valvano through like the scenario of like you know what February 15th is though it's the side chick day oh. so and you know he's what just February 13th is what is that desperation day oh oh yeah yeah, yeah. desperation is well, a right. stinky girls right. I don't want to be alone on Valentine's Day oh so it's like shooting fish in a barrel for Zach you see but um one of the things that I loved about it is, is Nick, it though because then oh, anyway yeah, okay, yeah, so yeah, yeah no I know Nick uh was talking to it's like oh since I've uh you know work in my other job with that you know Jeanette and I are just going to go out on the 15th and maybe walking Nick through the scenario of like you know what the 15th is though right it's side chick day. Yeah, but, but but no one's no one's out anywhere no, I, on the fifteenth. I'm just saying if it was great out, to see you're probably maybe not explain that out. to Nick. I enjoyed it. Uh that's where we start on uh four days later here on uh, Hey, crazy... happy late Valentine's right. Day. Ours was on the sixteenth. Yeah. Mine was never. Do we have a day for that? We were in Boston on Valentine's Day evening. Oh, so she got the fly up with you? No, 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 she wasn't Oh, there. okay. I, I mean, didn't the, know team, if, oh, the team. Women's you're, you're married to the game Boston. as well. I was going to say, uh, you got we a were, plus one right there. We were, in, uh, we were in Boston on Valentine's night. I have a funny 
uh, sort of Seinfeldish. Please, Larry yeah, David. Please, I, I told you the one way, off the air. It's the Sunday morning hangover here. Thanks for being with us. We'll get to sports coming up. A lot to talk about. Big win for Kentucky on the road. Louisville fell on the road to Pittsburgh and men's basketball. Big game for U of L women's basketball today, hosting Virginia Tech. We'll get to that. Uh, also, maybe some NBA All Star festivities. I've I know got, you have thoughts about I've that. Got I'm questions. Sure. I've oh, got questions. I'm, I'm sure you I've do. I've got a couple questions. I'm sure you do, which we can run through uh, coming up later in the show. Uh, he's Phil Baker. I'm Nick Curran. Zach Cantrell. Zach E.C. here as well. Uh, so we. We, we played at Boston College on Thursday night, U of L women's basketball. Got clam us. chowder? There was clam chowder on oh, Wednesday. Oh, nice. Uh, I, I'm, I'm not a clam chowder person, so I didn't have any. But it was Ash Wednesday, no meat, had the salmon. We, we went to a restaurant when we got there. The whole team, it was great. But I, uh, cards, by the way, 69 67 win, eked nice. one out, didn't play great. That was nice. What was not nice nice was the 24 turnovers, a season high. Uh, But Nina Ricard scored 16. She was huge. Got the the game-winning layup, as it turned out, with about 20 seconds to go to lift Louisville to the win. So a big win on Thursday night. Anytime you get a road win, pretty big one. Lachlan McClain, take that. Indeed. So uh, the guys calling the game, it was an ACC Network Extra game. Uh, the guys who did the game on ACC Network Extra both previously worked in the International League, so I know them pretty well. Josh, Josh Maurer, uh, formerly the voice of the Pawtucket, and then Worcester Red Sox now works with the Milwaukee Brewers. Worcester. Worcester. Eric Galanti uh, worked, was the, the broadcaster for the Syracuse Chiefs and then Syracuse Mets, um, now does a ton of work in the Boston area there. So th- those are the two guys calling the game. Know them. Uh, Josh reached out on Wednesday. He's like, "Hey, are you you're coming up here, right?" It's a fraternity of minor league all stars. Well, I I mean, and collegiate all stars. I mean, there's a big leaguer in in the group. Oh, now. with the Brewers now, right? Yeah, or, yeah. Josh okay. with the Brewers. So I said, "Yeah." I said, "Yeah, I'll be I'll be up there." He's like, "Do you want to get lunch? We can get lunch Thursday." Because he asked me what time I was getting in. I was like, "Well, we'll get in around 7. And uh, I thought about it, and I was like, why wouldn't we just get dinner on a Wednesday night? So, and okay. then it And then it hit me a while later. It like, was Valentine's oh. Day. Oh, it's Valentine's yeah. Day. Would that be weird for us to, like, go get dinner on Do Wednesday Do they have night? significant others? Are they in relationships? Well, Eric's married and has a kid. Josh, no. Josh also lives in Milwaukee. He's just in Boston for... He's also the voice of Boston College men's basketball, so he has to go a lot of back and forth. But, uh, um, weird for the, the weird for the relationship, the, the guy that's married and a kid, just because it's like really you're leaving. Well, I'm married and have a kid, well, too, but you're out but of town. I'll, but you I'll have be out. Yeah, what do they have? A Galenstein day? We need something for bros. Yeah, bros yeah, like, with the bros. Well, I thought about it and I was like, why wouldn't we have just gotten dinner? And it took me a couple hours to realize. Oh wait, <laughs> it's Valentine's Day. A, probably wouldn't be that easy to just go get dinner. Look, not that there's anything wrong with three dudes just getting together on Valentine's Day to chop it up. You're in different markets, different stages in your life. That was the Seinfeld in me, and I was like, oh, that's probably why he suggested lunch. So we got lunch on Thursday. It was great. No candlelit dinner. That no would be pretty. Dinner. I would like to go oh. out in a candle candlelit dinner with the three of us and just talk and me <laughs> me me just give my power rankings of well lit restaurants and the place. I seriously have a power rankings of like well lit restaurants sure because they're gonna do power rankings of starter jackets from the nineties. Okay. That too, I actually saw an individual yesterday, and some guy uh, in the locker room said to me uh, as he was wearing a starter jacket, "I was like, a oh, nice starter jacket." He goes like. 
well, you're consistent. And I was, it was that weird thing. I was like, do you listen? Do you know that's kind of my thing? And I was like, I think that's kind or of is the it, thing. Has he seen you in a starter Maybe. jacket Maybe. I have a worst. I just okay. collect them. It's weird. All but right. anyway, we I don't do think. We do have to talk about what happened yesterday, which is the debacle that was All-Star Weekend. I'm, I'm looking forward look, to getting to that. I, I'm sure most uh, what, people don't care about yeah, that. We'll what get else to it a is little going bit later. on? Uh, you know, there, there's seven Kentucky players up there. Donovan struggling a little bit. I'm curious to. We do this every. By the our, way, the Daytona 500 has already been postponed to tomorrow. Oh, Patty Ice, this is your Super Bowl. I was actually going to text. I sa- I found something for Patty Ice that I would need to reach out to him actually and find out his new address. I need to send him something. I think. Uh, speaking of starter jackets, will be right up in his alley. Uh, but anyways. Before we dive in and break down Louisville, Pittsburgh, and how many other different ways we can do that, and then Kentucky and Auburn, uh, changing the narrative, changing the narrative for For many uh, folks out there. But let me just ask you this, and we'll get into what else is going on, too. With the NBA All-Star Weekend, we've done this show for I don't know how long, going close to a decade now, probably. You more so, I don't know. The show's been on the air for over 12 years. I I don't know how how that's even I don't know when I stabbed Nick Evans in the back and took his job. So I I forget that. Over 12 years. That gets a little murky to me. Um, But I know how you feel about All-Star Weekend. Zach, please tell me your issues with it. I, oh, you whoa, just whoa! Don't get the issues with the mic there. How about that? Uh, but no, I I usually love All Star Weekend. The problem is the dunk contest. There's no new form of dunk. There was a new dunk last night. There was a new there dunk. dunk last there was a night. They got crushed. But Jalen Brown got to the finals, and he was the worst dunker. I agree. I agree. I, who so was, that the judging can, is just too subjective. Now, now that we've gone down this path. For Jalen I was Brown. supposed to go up there. I got credential and it didn't go because so, we have a kid I, doing like three days. So probably not the best. Yeah, 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 just do ninety. Um, congratulations! Thank you. Well, well, yeah, well, yeah, well, last one for uh, about a week or so. Uh, till, uh, I, I'm just we're gonna skip next week. We'll talk about that we'll in an hour get to two. It. So basically, my whole no, th- but but my question. Yeah, go ahead. I know who Jason Tatum is. Obviously, who was the young man sitting in the chair that he jumped over? Was that the YouTube star? No, no, no. That was yeah, the five three guy. I think he's like a streamer. Yeah, he's a YouTube guy. Okay. Yeah. What was his name? Do we know? K, uh, K something? K-A-I. I, I had I no idea. Yeah, this I is had, where we anamorph into the old. Listen, I had literally no idea who that was. But, but what was, so, so that was. So basically, the three-point shootout has become the highlight of All-Star Weekend for me. The, the skills co- competition used to be good. Now contest, it's just silly. Yesterday, but. the skills contest was terrible. It, the, the thing that. I had a problem with as well as that TNT, you know, they're covering the dunk contest. Well, they didn't even show, you know, one of the dunks, which is yeah, kind of the, the, that was, yeah. that was a bad the broadcast. Job. It's like you're televising a football game and you don't show two plays. Well, like, you, like, you kind of have that, to show that. That can play. happen in the course of a football game when it's a dunk contest. <laughs> you just thing. have to show the dunks. That That's was all you that was do. that was a broadcast I fail, and I'm like, sure a lot of them are kicking themselves. I like over the that. Steph Sabrina actual three point shootout. I hate the whole discourse behind it, like where they basically poo pooed the whole thing, and they were talking. Uh, it, it Reggie and <laughs> Kevin Harlan didn't. Kenny Reggie, the Jet Smith, yeah, Kenny, Kenny Smith, the Jet did. definitely poo pooed yeah. it. It was a rough night for him, and I what, love Kenny the what, Jet Smith. Why? I I, here's where I'm also an old. I was watching with the sound very low because the kid was trying to sleep, and I couldn't quite make out why the like so he agreed that using the WNBA or he he was he not happy that she used WNBA uh, balls? I think he wanted her to use the line uh the three point line for the WNBA and then yes use the WNBA ball yeah, and then exactly. and like that was but, so he he was he wanted her to shoot closer Right. right, because it, and his reasoning was like shooting from, or, you know, hitting from the tees, like the the yeah, women's tees right. and the men's tees. 
And then Reggie Miller, to his credit, tried to push back, and Kevin Harlan was just like, I was just thought, you know, Westwood won Super Bowl coverage, and now I'm on this. At now, now they're arguing about whether Sabrina Ionescu should shoot behind the WNBA line or the NBA. Well, the she NBA is... well from the NBA three-point line. Yeah, she did no. great. She did better than a lot of the guys in the actual three-point Oh, yeah. Are we no. going to do the thing next year where we have, like, the match like you have in golf? Or we're, are we going to have Caitlin Clark and Sabrina versus Steph and Clay or Steph and Dame or something? Yeah, I mean, look, I think I the NBA is open to gimmicky things, as you've seen with the wheel. They're, they're okay of saying, like, hey, this doesn't work. We'll revisit it. You know it. what my least favorite part of the whole night was? I'm sure it's a, a, added to the, the Nick Curran hates the NBA two, list. Please, two, I know. Two, I know how you feel about the NBA. Two things. Please. First of all, why was it at Lucas Oil Stadium? Well, that goes back to the 85 All-Star Game when it was in the artist form known uh, as the RCA Dome. Dome. So okay. they tried to go back to like the Hoosiers love. So the, the game's at Gainbridge, right? I believe so. Okay. Because I, I was looking at the credential that I got at, or th- that I got approved for. I had to go up there and physically get it. Uh, and it basically was indicating that like it was the convention center and Lucas yeah. Oil. But I didn't apply for it because I, I don't want to watch the All-Star Game. I just want to go for it. It's a bucket list thing well, for me. I want to see a dunk contest. But it's like watching it on the ch- uh, the, the Colts jumbotron like in there I could do that at home okay so that okay I, I get it it was like the RCA Dome in 85 whatever so that makes some sense I, I was confused watching it last night the other part the court cool I guess but it's too much well you know what? The court didn't bother me as much. It it, well, me I knew I, I know it bothered. It was the ribbons, like above the suites and everything. Like when the guys were shooting, of like they're going for this Tron futuristic thing. It's like that's got to be a terrible glare off the glass backboard or the plexiglass backboard. Could be. Where that's yeah. So look, I, I know people have problems with it, but like for Zach to say, and this isn't to take a shot at him, but just say, oh, I'm so tired of the dunk contest. Nothing. Uh, we haven't seen anything new. We saw something new, and it's like the judges didn't recognize it as something new. We all also don't see the superstars in it like we used to well, see Well, you did. Semi-superstar. Jalen star, Brown's not star, a superstar. A star. He is a star in the NBA. It's not great when a D-leaguer or G-leaguer or whatever He's won back-to-back dunk back contest. Back, Mac McClung. Give him full credit, by the way. But no, good It's win. great for his brand and, and folks, you know, leaning into it from the standpoint of, yeah. hey, like you're not going to get the star. And, and honestly, this is I why. Mean, Jacob I, Toppin was in the dunk contest. I, I think the media, and he did a decent dunk too, that I thought. He, he might have had the best dunk of the night the like weird reverse 360 thing between the legs so that it, didn't get enough credit. yeah it, i think you're just at this point with the NBA, the dunk contest that you get guys that are probably in their feelings about the media scrutiny that you will get from it and, and i understand but kudos regardless i just i agree with you that Jalen brown's dunks were not uh at the caliber that but I he's think, the star but he's you gotta the put him through you gotta put him through the thing. well no, 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 no. As, as kenny if the Jets you Smith's don't th- think those judges were instructed to make sure Jalen brown I, made the finals I, you well, got another thing Coming. Oh, I'm sure they did. You I've know I'm a shield for the NBA. I agree with you on that. There's no a, question. I've had a problem with the dunk contest judges since Aaron Gordon got robbed against well, Zach Levine in 2016. Well, that's the best dunk contest of all time. Right. That's well, when it, we peaked. And, and people contest. crush, like, think about how many good dunk contests. Because I heard Diener and Blank talking about this earlier this week when they were, and I promise we'll get to the, the games that matter. We really should. We, yes, but yeah. this is where we are because it's right up the road. I, I was, uh, you know, saw Dom Yates and Kent uh, Taylor up there yeah. getting some quotes from that. But so it is in the listenership. Decent showing from yes. Donovan Mitchell in the three-point contest. But the thing that makes me laugh at all of this, and it's like when people talk about, oh, how the dunk contest is just terrible and everything. Off the top of your head, if you saw the Michael Jordan, and I know your answer to this, so Zach, you answer this okay. for me. Because okay. right. if yeah. you saw the Michael Jordan, Dominique Wilkins dunks today, yeah, today in 2024, what would your reaction be? Oh, uh, seen that? 
Many times. Okay. So when we go back and scrutinize the dunk contest, and, and on a handful, I would say for Dr. J with the ABA-NBA merger, just iconic moments in the dunk contest. Yes. Dominique versus Michael Jordan. We would still be wowed by Vince Carter. Vince Carter, Jason Richardson, Zach Levine, Aaron Gordon, I'm with you. Yes. But other than that, when people talk, we've been having this discussion, I would say the majority of dunk contests, primarily, like even Kobe going between the legs. Yeah. Brent Berry won a dunk contest. Okay. Brent yeah. Berry. So the the majority of the dunk contests are kind of forgotten to begin so with. So did Fred Jones. Fred, Fred Jones. Jones. What was the, uh, the WKU guy from the Jazz? Oh, uh, Jeremy Evans. Yes, yeah, Jeremy Evans. I was going to say, yeah, where the spirit makes the master. But well, Fred Jones was one of the judges Ger- last night. Remember was, Gerald Green? He had like a funny. cupcake on top of the rim and he blew out Blake the Blake Griffin jumping over a Kia. There's gimmicky things. That's what Dwight it is. Howard putting a sticker. Yes. I mean, and not ball. actually dunking the ball. So it's you throw it at it. But like that's the majority is that these are forgotten. Like you can look them up on YouTube, but. For the most part, it's like Vince Carter, Jason Richardson, Michael Jordan, Dominique, which I still contend if you saw it in 2024, you would scoff at. And then the 2016 dunk contest with Zach Levine and Aaron Gordon. I'm in agreement with uh, Zach UC. It was great. So you're about, you get like one a decade. Is kind of like what the dunk contest is, where you're like, oh my God, I've never. I mean, last year people loved McClung. Yes. Yeah, they did. So I mean, I loved him this year. I've been on record saying 2016 was the last great NBA season. 20, well, was that with LeBron? That was Kobe's 60-point game. Warriors, 73 wins, break the record. Two 3-1 comebacks, the Warriors against OKC, and then, of course, the Cavs against the Warriors in the finals. Oh, okay. It's never been like that since. Like, the NBA's been fine, and there's been a lot of great storylines, but 2016 was the last season where it felt like the old-school NBA. Boy, look, if you would have told me the first 18 minutes of this show and uh, the thing of college basketball season, we'd be talking with All-Star. I love it. I know it's just not the majority. So uh, we should probably shift to that, and we'll go back to this and what else is going what about on. about them I, cats? Oh, yes. We had some uh, fun with that. So Kentucky taking care of business on the road. That was a long game. Um, that it's, oh, yeah, the Louisville game finished before it. It started, well, ended up being only about 20 minutes after it. But, yeah, yes. Yeah, it was Roughly about the same time. So, look, I mean, Kentucky changing the narrative. Cal was very swaggy after that. We'll get to the Louisville, uh, you know, pit game. What else can we'll, you say we'll after that? We'll talk about it. Uh, but, Winners no, I, I think, you know what? I kind of want to talk Louisville and Pitt first just because he's so eager to talk about okay. this. And he's going to be on five days a week. Uh, I've he's been built, waiting to talk Kentucky since yesterday. So, he, he's going to be on uh, Rabo and Co. It's going to be Zach and Co. or Cantrell and Co. Cantrell as and Co. That's right. It's my show this week. So no nonsense. I, I would, I would, Edis is in on Tuesday. I would disagree with that. I would think that he's going to think that is definitely his show this week. Oh, I'll be introducing him. The show, I picked the topics. There we go. Oh, wow. I, I bet I could text every host that are in this wow, week, this and, they would, be interesting. and they would fundamentally disagree with that. But, look, I, I'll let you steer the ship on that. But tonight, uh, from our buddy Corey Price, or last night, I should say, Kentucky's basketball second-best field goal percentage defense against a AP top-15 opponent in true road games in the Cal era. Held uh, number four Louisville to 25.9, uh, okay. and that was uh, in 2014. So, look, I mean, defensively, there's a narrative out there. Cal was very swaggy post-game. Well, the- the, the, Auburn's going to be physical. And we know that about a Bruce Pearl coach team. Like, there's going to be physicality. Playing in that environment and to deal with that, I thought it was incredible. Um, every time they needed a basket in the second half, every time Auburn tried to make a run, Antonio Reeves got something going to the basket, finished through contact, wasn't always a foul called. Uh, really impressive win. And they did guard like a whole different energy on the defensive end than what we've 
maybe seem. And they did it without Trey Mitchell, which I thought was really impressive too. And I thought one of the keys was, well, not to say this in a disparaging way about anybody else, but playing on Yenso 36 minutes, I mean, that's the ticket for them. He's got to play. Uh, Aaron Bradshaw only played three minutes last night. Big Z played 30 seconds. Oh, I mean, like, at the moment he went in, they just pressured him, and he didn't know what to do against that, Broom. No. Like, that, that's that's what they do, because Onienso is their best rim protector, and he's the guy uh, that I think helps them a lot on the defensive end. He's got to play. By the what way, you saw last night... Him playing as many minutes as possible, that's what they have to do. I, I'm in agreement with everything you just said. I just want to get to this text before they put it in. Uh, as we were talking about a guy's uh, Valentine's uh-huh. Day. You ready for this, boys? Alpha Times Day. That's pretty I like good. That. That's pretty Alpha good. I do like that. <laughs> that's pretty good. All right, sorry. Back to basketball. Uh, but no, I, I, I'm with you. I think Cal was very swaggy post. And by the way, I, this is pretty early to get to some sound, but I really want to play it when we talk about coaches don't listen to the outside noise. You yeah, ready for this? John Kelly uh, does. I, I would go a step further on uh, Cal. I, I want to make sure I get this right. It, okay. So not only does he listen to outside noise, I think he subscribes and reads to it. Because here oh, was his comment no on uh, basically citing the Kyle Tucker athletic piece on that. Here was what uh, John Calipari had to say post-game yesterday uh, in Auburn. Now... The question will be, and everybody, you know, anonymously talk about our defense, but the defense, they know they got to get better. They know. They know we've got to rebound balls in traffic. We got to do stuff. But, like, I, I don't know what, you know, I know that there are people that would say stuff to try to hurt this thing, but the reality of it is, what did you see today? Now, what could you write? They are so bad defensively. That's a top 10 offensive team. Yeah, that was basically the anonymous quote uh, to Kyle Tucker on a on the defense for Kentucky. And so not only do I think Cal listens to it, I think he subscribes to the annual fee to the athletic for Kyle Tucker on that. So I, I enjoyed well, that immensely. Somebody, somebody. Or fed that. Send him a screenshot. Send a, they sent him a nice little screenshot uh, about that. But no, I, I think it, it changes the narrative. It adds to the resume when you ran into everything with, oh, North Carolina was the only big win on the resume that the Cats were have. You got another one underneath your belt in a hostile environment they get two good ones this week being yeah, Ole Miss, Miss yeah. they really needed that one at home and, and they got it and um and did it in pretty dominant fashion and then they absolutely um controlled the game last night I mean they jumped out to an early lead and were in control throughout Auburn tried to make a run cut it to five a couple of times in the second half but um, Kentucky had an answer. Mostly Antonio Reeves had an answer. Uh, and he's the guy you'd expect to be able to to be calm and play in that environment. And listen, Reed Shepard made some plays also with the five steals. I mean, that was impressive. Uh, a couple of the plays he made to sort of quell momentum in the crowd and creating turnovers uh, by Auburn. I thought was huge. Auburn turned it over 11 times last night. That's not a huge number, but five of those were Reed Shepard steals. So, um he he played well, and some oh. of them after he made like a terrible decision too. Like, yeah, and no. he just goes back, and it's I, 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 short I, memory. And he just goes back, hits the back tap for it, hits an elite pass, uh, and then that led to the alley oop for uh, Thierro. And, and it's just like Reed Shepard. 
I, I know people talk about the growing pains with some of the freshmen, and you're going to kind of get some of the erratic play from Robert Dillingham. But Reed Shepard, I mean, if you, there's a better freshman oh. in the country, like it's it's ridiculous. Like the short term memory of him, just if he messes up and turns it over, it'll make some questionable passes that time where you're just like, uh, and lead to a turnover. But his ability to get back and make up for it is. Jared McCann might enter the conversation with 35 points for Duke yesterday, but but I like he's just so steady. Uh, he really is. Nothing really seems to phase him. And, um, yeah, I, I thought Jay Billis talked about it last night on the broadcast, and we talked about it last week and in previous weeks. And Trey Mitchell was out again last night with a shoulder injury, but they they just can't get everybody available for a game. Like, I, I think to be able to get at least everyone, and, and with Mitchell out, one positive is he's a veteran, and so um, he probably – may be able to get back into the swing of things faster than some of the younger guys if they have to miss time. So just getting guys back, I, I think, is really important. And the team able to, you know, to have the chemistry on the defensive end, we talk a lot about it offensively, and they've really had that all year. But to be able to do it on the defensive end, uh, maybe it's starting to come together a little bit. And uh, if, if – yeah, and Auburn couldn't hit a shot, and you credit Kentucky. No, and that helped out significantly sure. that Auburn went cold. But this is something we talked about on uh, Tuesday after they beat Ole Miss. We got to see it for more than one game at a time because we saw them beat Vanderbilt. We didn't want to overreact to that, and then they turned right around and lose to Gonzaga. Well, now this is kind of a pattern. You know, 63 points a lot against Ole Miss, 59 points against Auburn, and some of that is the other team didn't make shots, but a lot of that's because Kentucky did a much better job. They mixed some zone in, which is something that we talked about them doing for a couple of weeks now. They mix some zone in. They are contesting shots or forcing long twos, which is the worst shot to take in basketball because you either want to take a three or a close shot, but they're forcing teams to take long twos and you know broom only had 14 points but it took him 13 shots to do it so they did a pretty good job containing him for the most part you know antonio reeves is going to be the guy that you're getting on his back and he's going to take you uh, especially in tough road environments at 22 points yesterday Adut arrow has really been a guy who's been a difference maker as of late. 14 points for him yesterday, 4 for 8. I love his aggressiveness. I wish that guys like Bradshaw and even Wagner to a degree would play with the aggression that the arrow did because if they did, they'd be some I, of the I best think players. DJ Wagner, though, like defensively yeah. did some good things yesterday. So where he certainly did. Where it's, and again, when the shot's not falling, obviously you know the, the he's not the offensive threat from outside that you, you no, think. But, but I think good awareness, like, to only take six shots like it wasn't right. falling for him last night he didn't force it which I think is a really really positive thing it's it's a Kentucky team that has freshmen that are for the most part really wise beyond their years and I thought that that was the case for Wagner. so no I, I'm with you I do with the is doing a lot of good things and he can just like that alley-oop that I was talking about that he caught from uh, when Reed Shepard did the back tip in yeah. order to make up for that and just the the lead pass like he can do some things to kind of help with this you know what you're going to get with Antonio Reeves and in, in my opinion probably one of should be an all-american yes uh, first if, team all SEC uh, no doubt I think he's Second, first, list. second, third team. Like, he'll be an All-American on one of those teams for yeah. sure. But I think Onyenso is another guy. You kind of know what you're getting out of him. You're going to get some rebounds. He had 11 of them yesterday. Played 36 minutes. I like that Calipari has been willing to switch. You know, all the talk about Bradshaw coming into the season. Then a couple games ago, he talked about, well, maybe we need to play Hugo more than we need to play Bradshaw. And it took him a little while to figure it out. But Onyenso has been a big difference maker. What he brings on the defensive end of the floor. He's a guy that can kind of erase some of the mistakes when teams penetrate and get to the basket against this team. And his ability to get some rebounds, got some uh, 
four offensive rebounds yesterday, led to second chance opportunities. And that's the other thing Kentucky was able to do. They were able to force turnovers. They were able to get out on the break. And this is when they're at their best is when they're in transition. You don't want to get into a half court game. But at the same time, if you told me that their last two wins, they'd have 75 and 70 points. I'm not sure that I would have believed that after the way that they performed offensively well, this year. But their defense they, has been well, they, they can they it's, can play a half court game. And, and I think that's We've talked about it. That's one of the things that makes them dangerous. I, I think that they, the the part of a half court game that's tough for them is on the defensive end. When a team makes right. them guard for thirty seconds or twenty five seconds, that that's where they've had trouble. And and Auburn, but to that didn't point, do that, didn't do that a whole lot last night. But listen, Kentucky. I mean, Auburn didn't turn it over a ton, 11 turnovers, but to your point, Zach, Kentucky took advantage of all of them. They scored 23 points off 11 turnovers, which is incredible. And Kyle Tucker putting this out last night. Kentucky, since the Gonzaga game last Saturday, has gone from 126 to 103 to now 81st in defensive efficiency. Wild swing of 45 spots in a week. Bruce Pearl just walked and threw his hands up and said, Kentucky can guard. They can turn it up whenever they want to. Well, and Bruce Pearl said it, and I completely agree with him. Um, I, I think the quote was in his post game press conference: "If they play defense like this, Kentucky could beat anybody." That's true, and I think that's a hundred percent right. That's yep. why, that's why been very high on this team. Started to dip a little because we're into February, and it was like, are they ever going to come around on the defensive end? Uh, maybe they have. That was a that was a big time win well, to go get. No, last. I think it's a team that was in the top sixteen it, it, reveal from the committee yesterday. It, it, and here's Cal just being swaggy as can be, sarcasm galore. So here's what Cal had to say about uh, folks that are saying, uh, you know, you need to play more zone defense and whatnot. Here's what he had to say post game at Albert, uh, just kind of sticking it to the basketball binnies. Held a top 10 team to 30% and 18? I don't know. I guess we could do better. Did you see I went zone one possession? (laughs) Just to do it? I said, how about we go zone one time? Let's just try it. We got nine stops in a row, coach. I said, stop. Let's just try it. You guys want to try it? Yeah, go zone. And the reason it works, we don't know what we're doing. So how the hell can you prepare for something that we don't even know where we're going to go? Again, uh, I, I think a, he has a cow when he is going to Dunkin' Donuts with his puppy in his lap. He has an AirPod in to Bluetooth the Kentucky post game shows, as well as uh, reading, having one of his minions in the hand of the king reading uh, Kyle Tucker articles from The Athletic, I would say, because it feels like he is citing them uh, nonstop. So uh, Cal, Cal is a uh, reason to be a little bit swaggy. You know, it's funny. Able to do his press conference after uh, a, a big road win like that. Funny how that works. Well, Funny how that works. Yeah. Eh. Not sending Orlando Antigua out there? No no Chin Coleman? <clears throat> That would be pretty funny if he sent them out there. It's like, say, hey, I'm consistent on some of these mm. things. Mm-hmm. That. But no, look, I mean, you got to feel good about that. Probably up to a five seed uh, right now. If I had to guess, if I haven't looked at bracket matrix yet, but uh, Joe Lenardi and his oversized uh, AirPods from the bunker as you get uh, inundated with all those. It looks like uh, Kentucky will probably be moving up a line. They still were at a seven seed uh, as of yesterday. So I think they would be going up to six or five. Yeah, he said in the new bracketology, they had like next four up they did like the top four seeds and then the next teams up Kentucky was one of those next four teams up as far as being a top four seed so I think right now he would have them as a five I mean do you go to bracket matrix at all I think I feel like you would like that a lot I have occasionally okay so it, it just takes all of the bracketologists out there and kind of like does the average that's why I, I usually yeah. said it. but I, I knew you're a, a metrics guy with that sure. so we kind of made them kind of the go-to on this show I want to see what they do defensively against Alabama I think that's going to be the ultimate test because Alabama is one of the most efficient teams 
teams in the country. They shoot the ball incredibly so well. So is Auburn. Three point line. That's true. But Alabama, I think, is a little bit better off. They are, but and they have more weapons than Auburn does. So I, I think that's going to be the ultimate test. If they can do it next week against Alabama, then I'm ready to say Kentucky is a good enough defensive team to at least not be the reason why they're going to get bounced early. I want to see they have the ceiling as we've talked about all year to get to the final four if they can just make up that floor defensively then we can start talking like we did earlier in the year where we were saying they're comfortably not comfortably in the second weekend but they're they should get there at the very least and we've kind of wavered on that recently yeah uh if they if the trend continues this way i I feel a lot better about it and their offense um even if they do have a letdown defensively they can win a game with their offense if they need to so um yeah i I think they could be in for a, a pretty solid our, tournament. Our buddy Corey Price, uh, former c- colleague of mine of K. Rogers. Shout out McMahon mm-hmm. Palazzo. Uh, Antonio Reeves has now scored at least 20 points in nine career road games while at Kentucky. That's the most of any Kentucky basketball player in the Cal era. I know that's a little slate to be considering the one and done era with how many guys have been there. But uh, I, I believe somebody like quote tweeted that and said, can you guess the other two guys that have done that? That have gone twenty points and on nine career road games while at Kentucky, uh, like since two thousand is what somebody said. Jody Meeks, that's one. Okay, since two thousand, yeah. Uh, oh, Joe Crawford, that's a good guess. Uh, Keith Bogans, ah, mm. Keeth Bogans. So that's uh, and then I think if you go a few years back, you can add like Tayshawn Prince to that. But sure. just to show it. Obviously, the Cal era, that's a little bit slanted because yeah. he has a bigger body of work for that. But still, an impressive feat that the shiny toys, the freshmen kind of get all the credit. But what Antonio Reeves is doing, I know Zach and I and, and you have been hoisting him up. But uh, it's pretty impressive to see what he's been able to do. Just a calming presence. And just the, the freshman realizing like, hey, he's a, a steady presence that if you get him the ball, he is going to hit a either a deep three or, you know, that little teardrop floater and kind of get you out of that. So he's got, uh, I, I don't know if you've heard this from Jay Billis before, but he's got one of the best floaters in the country. Did Willie Cauley-Stein play uh, football in high school? That's like the go-to J-line every time he has a UK game. That's like the Matthew Stafford and Clayton Kershaw went to the same high school. That's like the same line that people like to regurgitate over and over again. Yes. Yeah, that, that's the go-to I right love there. It. Cats in Baton Rouge. That won't be an easy game Wednesday at 9 o'clock. They just beat South Carolina yesterday on yeah. the road. Matt McMahon, baby. One point win. Um, so... That'll be another tough environment. And then home against Alabama, 4 o'clock. CBS on Saturday. Should be a lot of fun. Looking forward to those two this week. Uh, That's the positive. We've talked about that, too, with the SEC. You have chances to get good wins, uh, even as things were... I don't know if teetering's the right word, but things were uh, going in a downward trend for Kentucky. It's like they're going to play games where they can get really big-time wins, like last night, like this week i think a road win over lsu would be really good and then uh playing alabama anywhere would be really good so um they have a chance to to pile up good wins and to to move up the seed lines well and and looking ahead to the sec tournament get off the you know hopefully be playing on friday and not thursday too that's also and that's that's something else uh, down in nashville we'll have full coverage of that by the way good job by uh sofro and gandolfo i know zach ec wanted to get on there too on the the post game show but uh, on nights like that just a little heads up and programming we're going if anything conflicts with it whether it be bellarmine basketball and obviously we're not going to put kentucky over on 93 died uh, unless we want people to lose their minds Mm. uh so espn louisville plus facebook 
Facebook, Twitter, uh, YouTube, Justin Sofro and Gandolfo. And I, I didn't realize how crazy Gandolfo's week was. He was like taking his son up the Northeast and <laughs> they were like in somewhere in Pennsylvania or D.C., but appreciate them uh, doing that. I know a bunch of people on the text line and uh, Facebook and YouTube and everything. Uh, we're very happy to just have a, a platform for about an hour or so to do that. So moving forward, we're going to try and do that uh, if everybody's schedule works out. But I know Zach C was chomping at the bit to do that. But he's going to get five days uh, with Louie on vacation this week to play radio and give his sports takes out there. Yeah, we got some people to come help me out with that. We got uh, tomorrow. I, we don't have anybody tomorrow, but we got Ennis on Tuesday. We've got Gandolfo Wednesday. Uh, Thursday, we've got... Jay Davis and uh, Ben Roberts as our typical guests, and then uh, I believe we have Biscuit on Friday. Nice, so be there coming you go. In and uh, I'll be be the point guard, and they'll be I'll be setting them up. You know, You'll be the the point forward. Yeah, be like little David Le- Padgett, LeBron James. There it is. There it is. Uh, Dominate got hosed in 1988. Uh, Spud Webb, yes. I am apologies for not Spud making Webb. Spud, Spud Webb on there. See, this is the stuff great. with the dunk contest. That look, I appreciate. I think the- I'm taller than Spud Webb with cleats on. Yeah, it's close. <laughs> uh, four three seven nine six eight a UPS jobs text line. He's Nick Kurt. I'm Phil Baker. Zachy C by the glass here. The Liquor Barn Studios on your sports station. ESPN six eighty one zero five seven, and the ESPN Louisville app. Uh, I got a feeling. If Eric is still on the hold, he doesn't want to talk Kentucky. So uh, it's probably going to shift a little bit in the discussion. But Eric calling earlier today. Very early call from Eric. Let's go to him now here on ESPN six eighty and one zero five seven. What's up, Eric? What is going on, guys? How are you? Man, I am so excited. I'm in town, and I'm getting ready for this, this basketball game today, Nick. Uh, it's I, Here's a question. You know, I was looking at the, the, the seats, and, like, you know, the, down there in the, in the student section, one times where I like to sit, if it's so full, I wonder, you know, will I be able to crowd surf, like, on the, on the really big plays? Maybe. Maybe uh, go to Nick Kern. He'll upstart that. I wouldn't. Uh, I wouldn't do it unless you feel very confident that the people around you know what's coming. <laughs> that's almost like it's like if you stage dive. I mean, it's like please catch me, please catch me. But man, I, how is the team feeling? I know it, crowds gonna be fired up. I mean, this is. Are we getting a call? I cannot wait. No, I, I think it's gonna be. Uh, I don't know if we're getting a call or if Eric's getting a call or what's I don't happening. think we're supposed You know what I bet it is? I bet it's on the text. Never mind. That wouldn't happen. That's no. probably Eric's phone. No, but I don't even think that no, works. No, though. no, it's not, it's not me. That's weird because that was happening the other day. It, it was doing it, it with Lawrence, too, yesterday Uh-oh. on the postgame show. I don't know what's going on. Oh, I thought he was just getting bleeped. No, no, I don't think. Well, yeah, maybe so. I mean, no, I, I don't think, and I mean this in the nicest way possible. I don't think you and Spencer are on top of it like that, and knowing when Lawrence is going to beep, uh, you know, or, or going to cuss. I know you all do a lot of good things, but predicting what Lawrence is going to say or do, I don't think is, anybody can. It's no one like, can do that. It's yes, kind of like exactly. Cal's, Cal, John Calipari's zone yesterday. They, they don't even know what they're going to do in it. Uh, I think they're ready to go. Uh, was that shoot around before uh, before coming here and? I think uh, certainly locked in and going to have to be because uh, Virginia Tech is a really, really good team. Uh, Elizabeth Kitley has won the ACC Player of the Year Award the last two years. Could very well win it again this year. Um, and uh, and Georgia Amor is an incredible point guard. She's just been um, the engine for that team the last several years, and she's averaging like seven assists per game, which is uh, a pretty big number. And and can score when needed to. She can shoot the three. They have a bunch of three-point shooters around them. Kayla King is the third member of that uh, Final Four team that's back this year who can shoot it. And they brought in Matilda Eck from 
uh, transfer from Michigan State uh, who shoots the three really well. They make over nine threes a game. So it, it's going to be a big challenge. They're riding an eight-game winning streak. They lost back-to-back ACC games, but now if one of those was without Amor, dealing with uh, some concussion symptoms. But now they, um, they've they won eight in a row. They're, they're hot, and um, we'll see what happens. It uh, should be a fun game. It, it uh, looks like the... The upper level on the side of the benches is open. Tickets certainly available if, you, if you'd like to come out. and um, 2 o'clock tip today. You'll hear it on 93.9 The Ville. It's on ESPN. And, um, yeah, it should be a great crowd. And, and the, uh, the, the flash give from the 502 circle at halftime as well for those who are so inclined to, uh, to give there. Um, so that that'll be a big deal at, at halftime, but should be should be a pretty good environment today. Should be a lot of fun. Yeah, and then a couple folks on the, the double D Ennis. I, I yeah, Ennis ran into this too on Friday. I'm running back today. I just thought it was like the callers on that too. So now everyone's bringing it up to our attention. Appreciate everyone uh, looping us in on that. But yeah, so look, it just it's like look, this is like AIM for everybody. Remember, like when mm-hmm. you're like, Mom, hang up the phone. I'm chatting. <laughs> But, but Eric's not dropping, so we're we're good. Yeah. <laughs> well, so Kylie, she's like six five, right? Yeah. Oh gosh. That, well, you know we can do it. I mean, Olivia Cochran, she'll get it. Work is work. Work is work. And today we're gonna we're gonna work. And I I, I really I'm, I'm predicting a win for us. Uh, I'm I'm really really excited. Uh, I, hey, I was gonna ask you a question. You know, we're in the season of Lent, so my favorite fish sandwich has to be Mike Lennox. What about y'all? Yeah, that's pretty good. Yeah, it's good. a big one. I mean, look, I, I just give me the good old-fashioned, you know, Catholic churches of some of the fish fries are out here. I mean, fill in the blank. I, any of them are good. and they, They're never disappointed. But, yeah, Mike Lennox is definitely a go-to for that. And uh, men's basketball. Wow. It's I, would, I, I think last week I said I didn't really care. No, I went Louisville to win. I went Louisville to win. We're on a skid. We're back in the skids again. But it's not that I'm – I think a lot of the callers – I'm sure there are, though. I'm sure there are some people that want to give Kenny Payne that third year. But is the decision solely Josh Hurts? Or are there other hands in the mix here – that sort of are tying his hands in terms of what he I'll can do. I'll say this. I, I, I've been adamant about the dialogue and the conversation if it is that avenue. People that are in the know, I am not in the know, but people that would be in the know have assured me that it will be Josh Hurd's decision and he will not have that. I, I think it's a fascinating conversation to have and dialogue, what that looks like, but you know, I'm more so looking at like the injuries argument and everything if KP tries to present that at the end of the year what that conversation looks like but uh, I, I think we're all in agreement that it, it comes down to the record in, in my opinion and that should be the reason why you need to make a change but um, yeah I, I know there is a contingency of folks out there that are clamoring for that but it's it's dwindling I would say it's going to be interesting because we're at a, at a point here and it's it, you show you care when you are upset with with what we've been seeing. And I've called it a tragedy, and I still say it's a tragedy. This is a former player, national championship player. Uh, and to, to see just how everything's gone down is a tragedy, but it's a scary place where you stop to care, stop caring. And then at that point, you know, we don't want to, you know, drift all into the – 
nothingness of just of, of losing. And I, I so it, I think that whoever is going to coach next year, uh, that's going to be a key point. And I, I think that you know they were talking. Who was talking about this? I cannot remember. Oh, Jeff uh, in the show yesterday, uh, Jeff Lightsey, right? Yeah. He was talking about you know when Tom Brady started winning Super Bowls. He wasn't the Tom Brady he is now. And, and, and you can, like Rick Pitino, when Kentucky hired Rick Pitino, he wasn't the Rick Pitino he became. Sure, had awesome run with Providence, went to the Final Four. He did a good job with the Knicks, but he made himself at Kentucky. So, it, you know, the candidates out there, who's that person? Who's the person that can come in, give a speech, tell the season ticket holders, no, don't sell your tickets. We're going to be a good team. That's the person we need. And. Uh, a lot of good, there's a lot of good people out there. A lot of good, a lot of good names. We need someone to come in and just uh, light light that fire back and, 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 and keep it going. Eric, as always, buddy, appreciate the call. Uh, we will talk to you next week. Be sure to stop by uh, Bear Nose on Market now. And get yeah. your uh, mama's Bear Nose before heading to the KFC Yum Center. Say what's up to George and company in the new spot. All the memorabilia is going up. It's looking really good. Oh heck yes! And uh, Nick, be looking for me in the crowd. I'll be crowd surfing, man. I'll be looking for you. Don't fall. You too, buddy. Thanks, Thanks, Eric. Eric's in town. Shout out to him. So, by the way, uh, with the big game. Yeah, a lot of text coming in on the personal bat vote. Uh, Double D loving that I was credentialed and not Andy, which, by the way, you love this. Andy yeah. didn't get credentialed? The beauty of this, he was on a uh, panel podcast forum. Listen to this. I was texting with him this morning, because, or the, the, the morning of him having Commissioner Adam Silver on his new show. He was doing it with Woj, yeah. Grant Hill, and Tyrese Halliburton. Wow. And I got credentialed that he didn't. <laughs> How does hey, that happen? No, 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 no. That's no, fantastic. No, no, no. But here, here's, here to be transparent. It, this was just for like the all-star stuff last night. This isn't the entire weekend, but it was in Lucas Oil Stadium. So it's a numbers game where I was, and I quite frankly, it was probably because I was in the Summer League database uh, on that as well. So oh, uh, Double D said to, uh, I think, mark out, Calvin saying to mark out uh, line one. I yeah, I don't think. know He's if we know. Test can't something. really do that. I don't know okay. if we know how to do that. I, I just tried something, so maybe it is now. So okay. if someone calls... It's fine. We, we can do some things where it just comes down on the text line of 437 um, UPS jobs text line. No, Nick Kern. If, if, if you call, it might go to line two now. I think we've got line one tied up. But so. yeah, it, Andy definitely deserved But he was at like the convention. Yeah, I think we got the same stuff. Yeah, no, I agree with you. But I did love uh, things that were being sent when he had uh, Adam Silver on and uh, Woj on his show. I mean, I was like, the dude's a machine. Like, you're interviewing these guys and just the nonsense down there. Blank was sending him uh, stuff during his interview with that he's like i was hosting uh, or i was i was interviewing woge while you were sending me some things and i'm like god it some things will never change on that so uh, do, we, do we have any other or is that oh you just blocked that i'm sorry i saw you no play we're, with we're that. gonna try to uh someone calls hopefully it'll go to line two we'll see how that one sounds but um yeah, very interesting stuff. Uh two six seven nine six eighty is the phone number four three seven nine six eighty UPS jobs text line uh it is big game today, by the way. Uh, Louisville and Virginia Tech, 2 o'clock at the KFC Yum Center. Mentioned the uh, the 502 Circle flash give at halftime. Also, the uh, the card celebrating black culture game. They've done this the last several years. Special uniforms. Uh, the men and women will both have one of these. I don't think the men have done theirs yet. Is this the Fear God ones that Ethan no, Moore's been clamoring no, for? Not, not the Fear of God ones. Those look awful. Um, I don't know if Louisville's doing those or not. But Looks like they stole Kanye West's <clears throat> designs. Yeah, they did. The... the um, the, the the celebrating black culture ones are cool. They're, they've got like flowers around the edges. It's a cool 
it's a cool look. They've they've worn something similar the last several years. So uh, we'll be cool. Look for those special unis today uh, if you're headed out to the KFC M Center or watching on TV. So should be should be a fun game. Uh, Virginia Tech also is a really good shot blocking team. They don't force a lot of turnovers, but they do. Um, they they do block a lot of shots, which uh, the Cards have had some issues with. Uh, some good shot blocking teams. Syracuse last Sunday blocked, I think, twelve shots in that game. So um, th- that can almost be a de facto turnover. So we'll see. We'll see how things shake out there. Four three seven nine six eight UPS Jobs text line. If you want to be a part of the show, appreciate you making us a part of your Sunday morning seventh highest rated sports talk show on Sundays during a highly competitive ten to noon time slot. Nick Kern, Zach Cantrell, Phil Baker, uh, underdog suits. The Cats came out with an edge, played physical, started fast, amazing defense, and coaching with uh, and substitution rotation all without Mitchell. Yeah, I agree with that. Uh, somebody said. What day will Zach's horse racing segment tune in and find out? Oh, Zach. See, Zach's Love doing it. this thing where he interacts with the text that I, I thought we've already read them. I've heard Louie call about on that a little bit. Uh, as well with it. But he, look, he wants to be a part of the show. That's what he does. I live in Pennsylvania and went to the game last night. I figure Henson would go for 25, but 41. At some point, you have to force them off the three point line, right? Yeah, look, if we're going to talk about the Louisville stuff, um, look, it, it's <laughs> Chris Bell, Syracuse 30, Miles Kelly, Georgia Tech 36, Blake Henson, of Pittsburgh's uh, 38 points uh, so far. This is from Kelly Dickey, ended with 41. Are the trio of opposing players to score 30-plus points in a four-game span for the first time in Louisville program history? Well, it, it's also why I I actually felt at halftime... Good job on the halftime report, by thanks, the way. Thanks. Felt pretty good. Like, they were down 10, but the Miles Kelly thing with Georgia Tech, no one else was able to score for Georgia Tech. Uh, the pit other players stepped up and scored in the second half and then it got away. And obviously we'll get more into it, but no, but look, I, I think Louisville was very shorthanded. Last no, but it, and I think that was kind of the narrative that was going into some of these things that were they were trying to figure out big picture what this was going to look like. And, and we'll play some Kenny Payne sound. But look, I mean, it, it's just we, we try to come up with creative new ways to discuss what is happening with the Louisville basketball program and, and discussing these and the injuries. Things do play a role. They do. I, I know people don't want to hear that. But that is, you didn't have a point guard in there. Sky Clark out. Tyler Johnson didn't even travel with the team, apparently, due to concussion-like symptoms. And it just seems to be this reoccurring thing that there's just no point of emphasis defensively. KP comes out and says the same. I honestly want to test something out where we just play sound and just take out the team names or and see if anyone even recognizes it. Like, I, I'm at that point now where there's just not a priority defensively. And if there is, it's not being... It, communicated or created with a sense of urgency from the standpoint that Kenny Payne is getting through to these guys because defensively it's the same thing over and over again I know people try to say that the team's playing better Uh, okay not really defensively at all it's still it's horrid on that so um, what they've been able to do big picture against some of the bottom half of the ACC regardless of what you think about the ACC as a conference as a whole and just not even being able to compete although their roster is depleted I I think that ultimately is the the most significant blow against Kenny Payne big picture of just not being able to communicate like a defensive stop against a guy that is going off and it just seems to be 
game after game, there just seems to be a guy that just has his career night. And, like, yes, it's, it's great what Brandon Huntley Hatfield's doing. Individually, what he's doing, it's great. But it's not an individual sport. It is a team sport. And I think what all the former players have been talking about some of these things with, uh, you know, Kenny Payne being the big man whisperer and what the guys think about from the NBA standpoint, that's great. But it is a team game. And if you can't collectively get the team to buy into this or you're undermanned, this is the results that you're going to have over and over again. Yeah, it's it's tough, especially lately, to um, to kind of fully judge because, you know, not having and they've won without Sky Clark. So they did that against Florida State. Um, But to not have Tyler Johnson either, I I think they've got to have one of those guys. And and Caleb Glenn was really good last night, played well again. But um, it's a tough situation when you don't have either one of those guys. No um, primary ball handler trying to do it by committee. And and Trey White was was okay. And Mike James trying to do it too. It's just a lot uh, to throw on them. And yeah, at the same time, just don't let Henson shoot it. And well, and I get that too. Um, and and that's and that stuff, especially in the first half when the game was still, you know, really hanging in the balance. Um, just never could. And, and like, ironically enough, they did a great job for the first twelve minutes of taking care of the ball with with no really point guard out there. They didn't turn it over the first twelve minutes of the game, and then all of a sudden, the last eight minutes of the first half, they threw it around everywhere and kind of reverted back to. Um, what we've seen at times last year and this year to where they were kind of throwing it all over the well, place. Well, let me play this clip real quick. This was from the pregame on def- defensively that I know made a lot of people angry about this. This was before the pit game, but I think this kind of plays into the entire role of this. But people were losing their mind postgame. Um, this is one of the things that people threw their arms up in the air about the defensively, uh, what Kenny Payne had to say and not having a sense of urgency from the get-go. And then now you're in late February, and this is the stance. Here's what KP had to say previewing the pit game. Game and we'll play some uh, post-game sound as well. Well, you know, the main thing is that you can't win in basketball if you don't defend. You know, I love, I really like what we're doing offensively when we're playing together. Multiple guys are scoring. We're putting up big numbers. But at the end of the day, if you're going to win, you got to get stops. Um, and that's hard for a young team, um, a young team that primarily individually have been scores. And now they're being asked to defend, um, to change their mentality into, I know that I've always been this guy since I've been born. Now I have to buy into fighting on defense, keeping the ball in front, willing a guy to get a stop, uh, not just being there saying it was good defense and he made a shot. That's not going to get it done. Uh, You have to will him to miss the shot. They get one shot and we have to rebound the ball. Uh, we can't give teams, um, you know, live ball turnovers and they go get layups or easy threes in transition. That has hurt us. We have to be more solid. Um, you know, there's a multitude of things that it's attributed to, but overall, um, we just got to get better defensively. Boy, we've heard that uh, a few times throughout the year. But with, with Louisville basketball and, and the Kenny Payne experiment, Something that Luke said, I, I don't know if either of you heard this. Luke said this about a week ago on Within Us, and it really stuck out to me where he was talking about Trey White. 
and he said it was brought up to him. And I don't know if he meant to say this on there or not, but he did say it on there, so I'm taking it and with it. But he, he made the comment, it's like, you know, Trey White at times, they wanted him to play the four. And, and he was just like, no, that's not my position. And, and I'm just like, what? Like, it's it just, that's asinine to me. Granted, offensively, he had a great game, but like when you're kind of dealing in that logic and you're dealing with that, like, it, it just feels like you're paralyzing the growth of the team when it's an as-needed thing. Now, you've gotten some bright spots with Caleb Glenn. That is admirable. And I know people are pointing to J.J. Trainer being injured, but my assumption is that if J.J. Trainer was healthy, would we be seeing this Caleb Glenn because of minutes? You know, they're, they're so thin now that you're, you're forced. you, you got to play them, and, and, and that should be, um, you know, a, a very good positive deposit of the growth of um, you know Caleb Glenn and what he's been able to do so sorry I am holding this thing and it's like smacking me right in the face the microphone fell down I've tried to do stuff with my hands you've got to just, just reattach I know but it's it's you got to do it during the break I know, it's, there's I know. no way to do that but I look I think big picture those are going to be the nails in the coffin for uh, KP big picture uh, moving forward to a year three Two six seven nine six eighty. the phone number. We're going to try line two. We have a call. Let's give it a go before we hit a break. Steven, up next here on ESPN 680 and 1057. What's up, Steven? Yeah, I thought um, I thought Jeff Lightsey had some great uh, comments yesterday when he was talking about it. He said, you know, I don't know Kenny Penny from 1986 and, and being a part of the championship. He said, all I know is what's transpired the last two years. And I think that's you know, the way with a lot of the University of Louisville fans who are below the age of 40. So, and I, I think that that certainly um, uh, doesn't, doesn't help the situation at all. And I guess my last comment is, one of the things that bothers me are fans going after each other saying, well, it's, we're, we're one game closer to him getting his walking papers. I, I just hate to see fans, you know, arguing over these sorts of things like this. And I, I don't think it does the program any good at all. So I'll just take your guys' comments off the air. Thanks a lot. Thanks, Stephen. Appreciate the call. No, uh, I heard Jeff's comments about it. I mean, it's it's a good point. Like Ethan talks about how dangerous it is being a generation removed of fans. Like we kind of scoffed at it a little bit. Like when people were with the first go around, when people were uh, contingency of folks were pushing for KP, and it's like you were consistent. It's like he's never been a head coach. There's going to be growing pains if you do this. And but the further you get away from 2013, which is now 11 years ago. And 1986, I would imagine a lot of the core fans that you're trying to bring in for the next crop of donors and season ticket holders don't really remember that. It's a slippery slope of what we scoff at for the Miami and Nebraska's of the world of trying to get back to that glory days. Well, I I go to last night, Josh Pastner, who I think does a really good job. I had to mute him. Um, I had to mute him, but also Kentucky and Auburn was on. So I I was like, I'm going to I made an executive decision. I love Pastner on there, but. He was talking about um, Jeff Capel and how things got off. He, he inherited a mess at Pittsburgh. I think that's fair to say. And is finally, what Pastner said, got it going. They went to the NCAA tournament last year. Uh, they've gotten off to they got off to a really bad start in ACC play this year. I think they were one and five, and now they've bounced back and they're eight and six. And they they they're fighting for a double bye, and they're the next four out for Lenardi. Um, and he said, so he, he kind of compared it to the Kenny Payne situation, saying, hey, look, he inherited a mess, which, I mean, fair. Um, but sometimes you just have to give it time. It doesn't happen right away. But, like, Jeff Capel's been at Pitt six, five, six, seven years. And well, that's why they're Pitt like, and Louisville's Louisville, I think, though. were they in the first four last year? They made the NCAA tournament, but they were either in the first four or close. Um, like... That's and and they're they're tr- they're trying to play their way onto the bubble this year. 
Like that's where I think some of these uh, some of these analysts miss. Like that's that's Pittsburgh. That's fine. If this was but year the, one, but that's not going to be acceptable here. Like after five or six years to have fought your way back to being one of the last at right. large bids in the tournament, and then the next year fighting to try to get in again. Um, that that's just not going to be what the standard is here. No, no, I, I agree with it. I, we're inching closer to the top of the hour. We got some more KP sound. We'll spend a little bit more time on that because I think there were some interesting discussions of what Jeff was talking about, what Taylor and Spencer were talking about on the Coors Light postgame show, and we'll dive into that. He's Nick Kern. I'm Phil Baker. Zach, you see behind the glass here on your sports station, ESPN 680-1057. Welcome back to the Sunday Morning Hangover on your sports leader, ESPN 680 and 1057. Now, here's Nick Curran and Phil Baker. Sunday morning hangover on ESPN 680 and 105.7. I think Phil has the microphone fixed-ish. Yeah, I, I hope I'm not rambling as much this hour as I was the first hour because I was holding that up, uh, trying to text and figure out the phone lines and yeah, uh, make sure a, this... We've got a system. we got a system here, baby. So apologies for the uh, all-overness uh, for me from the first hour. But nonetheless, here we are. Appreciate Zach, you see, and Nick, you see, uh, holding it down while I was just you know, powering through that. I'm, I'm glad that that's taken care of. Uh, we'll have a country song of the week. What else is going on this hour? We talked, well, a little NBA All-Star Saturday and Kentucky's win over Auburn in the first hour. We also talked a little bit about the Cards' loss at Pittsburgh. We can get back into that on the men's side, on the women's side today. Louisville against 12th-ranked Virginia Tech, 2 o'clock the tip. You'll hear it on 93.9 The Ville. Coverage starts at one thirty. Uh, big game. Hopefully you can make it down to the KFC Yum Center. I uh, would love to see you down there for uh, for what should be a great atmosphere. Uh, it might be the most fans in the building to see a game there this season coming up today, I would guess. So um, should be a great crowd. Looking forward to that. Um, we can talk a little bit about that. Uh, certainly a big game. Uh, plenty of other things we can get into as as well the game also on espn today by the way can, so. can i ask you something with you you mentioned the 502 uh circle flash give okay so yeah. I, they did it during football the, yeah so again not there it, was the notre dame football game right it was like what the first quarter or second quarter yeah, during one of the quarter breaks yeah. okay so i have a question and zach i'll open this up to you too just kind of your how you view this is am i putting too much stock into this am i am i not tinfoil hat on i don't know We've seen it with football. We've seen it with women's basketball today. I mean, we've kind of heard of the narrative. Ha- has there been one for men's basketball, or not, is that I don't I don't think so. But I, I don't know this. But okay, my my guess would be two things: one, it might be coming later, or two, you want to have people in the building when you do it. Fair and, enough. And there's okay. probably not a lot of people. I, in the I just didn't know if that kind of played into the narrative of some of the things that were saying he didn't want the help from the NIL stuff and whatnot. I, I haven't heard my, anything. My, my guess would be. That's not because this. So it's a flash game at the women's basketball game, but you can like designate it 
to whatever you can do general i think when you donate or you can designate it to whatever sport you want it to go oh, to. oh so well. okay so there's like a so little like, bucket of you wanted this to go specifically yeah, you, okay you could send it specifically to wherever obviously women's basketball folks are hoping it'll go to women's basketball today uh because that that is certainly a a, a big need and we've talked a lot about it here on the show and the way things kind of work now um but yeah so we'll see but i would guess why there hasn't been one at least that I know of on the men's side this year. Uh, may- maybe that's coming later, or, or maybe it's just because. Okay. I, I mean, the, the amount of people. Or in the, the building- inevitable that it's like, yeah, maybe not until uh, we'll visit that well after that. By the way, you know what? It was the 17 year. You ready for a kick in the nads? Yeah. 17 year Always. anniversary of this. You ready? Happy anniversary to Jerry Smith's buzzer beater, the three that oh, beat wow. Marquette oh, wow. at yeah. home. You know where I watch that? I give up. I had to do like a job shadow assignment when I was in college for one of my broadcasting classes. Who are you shadowing? Kyle Draper of WHAS Oh, Now uh, of the Sacramento Kings yeah. TV guy. Shout yeah. out to you. Give me. He was with us. So he went to the Celtics, and then now he's with the Kings, right? I believe so. He's out. Shout out to I, you. I, I was watching in the the sports department at WHAS eleven. Um, as he hit that, we watched the entire game because he was doing the the sports. It was it was weekend sports then, and uh, he went nuts. He went like yelling throughout the newsroom, like ah. It was and crazy. then he, Jerry it's Smith ran into that, uh, the that, lady, that, yeah. that nice lady right there. That's a great call for that. So yeah. uh, there you go with that. So happy anniversary to that. He actually, I thought I was being catfished or something like that. I got uh, added by the random email that I never check for LinkedIn. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jerry Smith, All right. For you. That's a humble brag right there. No, it's I, I didn't know if it was real or not, or some like you know Russian bot from Bangladesh or something that was trying to uh, get me on that. Uh, we, we spent a little time on the Louisville Pitt game. Look, I mean, we, we talk about this every week. Big picture stuff. You, you hear the dread in poor Taylor's voice, and and Ethan and Taylor have said over and over again, you know, it, as well as others here, that it's. There's not going to be a year three and things like that. And I want to react to the games because I do think big picture stuff matters, especially Jay Billis was on with Bob earlier this week and talking about the ripple effect of what that looks like. So let me play a couple more pieces of KP sound uh, on the health of the team. But I also want to get into just kind of some of the Billis interview with Bob where he was talking about can UofL be fixed, the changing of the guard and college basketball coaches and, and the domino effect of what that looks like. But here is what KP had to say on the health update and how the team started up in Pittsburgh yesterday uh, on ESPN and Louisville. You, you know, Friday you spoke about, you know, just just like the health issues and guys missing time. Um, this group that started up last week, you praised them for having a good game against Clemson, uh, finishing strong in the second half. What about the start of this game and just, you know, um, as a whole, did not you know the things couldn't go right for them. Just I just in terms of scoring the ball. Well, I think again we're ranked 305th in experience book, so it's going to be hard for them to understand the consistency that's needed, the discipline that's needed, uh, especially when you were playing without a point guard. It's the reason why I want players that are versatile, because from the summer till today. I practice on every player one through five being able to handle the ball and bring the ball up the court and initiate offense um, for these moments right here. Look, I love my team. I love my guys. I'm a thousand percent behind them. We are all disappointed in, in what happened out here today. Disappointed that an elite score scored, but how did he score? He scored with ease. Um, 
he didn't really have to really work really hard to get the baskets that he got. So that bothers me some. Really bothers me a lot. I'm not happy with that. Because we knew what he was. We know how good he is. We know how strong he is. We know how good he shoots the three. For him to walk out of this game with nine threes. Look, the experience thing that Brooks asked them the question about, I, I'm just warning people. And, and you don't have to like it. You don't have to agree with it. But you're seeing it be formed because a lot of people said he should have went in the transfer portal, and that's what he's tried to lay the groundwork for for maybe possibly year three, which I don't think there's going to be a discussion well, for that. The un- one unfortunate thing for Kenny Payne with that, and I'm not saying right or wrong, but one unfortunate thing is to look just a few miles down the road in Lexington with a very inexperienced team and what they're doing. And, now, it's, they do and a- it's the makeup of the team that you – they do have the veterans in, in Antonio Reeves, who's in his second year there, but was a transfer portal guy, to your point. And, and Trey Mitchell obviously sort of fell into their lap in the transfer portal with Shout the Bob Huggins yeah. in West Virginia, but, but, but is there out of the portal. And so certainly John Calipari has adapted in that way. But they have a lot of inexperience with their team. I mean, even a guy like Igana uh, Onyenso didn't get very much playing time before this year. So they're inexperienced, but they're pretty darn good. Right. So I think that just just right there is going to hurt that, that selling are, point. I, yeah. I'm with you. I just want to warn and prepare people that you're seeing the groundwork that is being laid for that. I think we're all three that agreement that that, that shouldn't hold up. But I just know that it is being the, – the groundwork's being laid for that. As you're hearing the, the, the you know the inexperienced, 305th inexperienced and everything. Funny how you didn't bring up the defense stuff, uh, where they rank in that. But uh, I digress with that. So uh, here's another thing. Five more games, people. Five more games. Look, I, I, I'm with you. That's all we got. Just count it down. Five more. We can get through this. Look, I'm with you. Is that including the ACC tournament game? Yeah. They only have five total. Oh games? wait, no, no, no. I'm sorry. The five regular season. Yeah, Notre five. Dame. You got Duke. You got uh, Virginia Tech. Virginia Boston Tech College, again. Boston, Boston College. College again. Yeah. Oh. Okay. So six games left. Six we only games. got six more. We're Are they right. going to put the? Is they this... could beat. They could beat whoever they play in the first day of the ACC tournament. Oh my God! I can't. Can we just? Okay. All right. Well, here's. Uh, I mean, right? Sure. Yes. Yeah. They could. There, there's I a mean, good chance they win that Georgia game. Georgia Tech's not very good. No, Notre they already Dame's beat them. Not, I think they're going to beat Notre Dame next week. I, I, think, I think they, they could get Syracuse because they probably should have beaten them up there. I think there's a decent uh, chance they get them here. I, the love fest with did, Shrewsbury is going to be interesting if they beat Notre Dame. They, though. That's they, true. They did catch Syracuse at a really good time yeah, when they played them up there. Yeah, and they did I just beat North Carolina. So. We'll see. We'll see on then that Then again, one. Georgia Tech also beat North Carolina. I mean, the Georgia ACC Tech. The ACC is just you know what? hard to figure out. Well, yeah, I was gonna, I'm, glad, I'm glad you said that because Luke went like scorched earth on the argument of like the ACC is just being this terrible conference. Well, and, it's and, not uh, terrible. And it's not great It's either. the Jim Beheim argument too because Jim Beheim has done the same thing. And I agree in principle with them. This is my problem with the net ranking. You want to talk about the net? No one really knows. It's like analytics. Yeah, it's like you speak. Well, it it's is just you, like but, you but can just intelligence it. at Team America. But analytics, no, spit no something one, out. No one really knows, and you can spin it to benefit what goes your into this. I, I had this conversation with uh, <clears throat> Jeff Walls. Uh, Name drop. No, it's, it's once a show. <laughs> well done. The, I'm glad I didn't step on that. I, I just thought you had a, a little frog in your throat, but no. that was a Walls in your throat. Save that uh, for the mixtape. Well, he had this, like, and this was for the, I, I don't know how 
different or not the women's net ranking formula is than the men's net ranking formula. But he had this uh, this FAQ for the net ranking, and this was the whole point. Like, it's just all this jargon that they have for the answers. How the hell are you supposed to know what any of it means? You don't. You don't. It, it literally just spits out a number. So Josh Pastner last night was on TV saying, well, it's important for Pitt to keep the hammer down because they need to win the game by a lot because that helps their net ranking. Well, Kelly Dickey, all due respect to him and others, said, no, they changed the formula back in 2020. Uh, Margin of victory is no longer part of the formula in the net ranking. Okay, that's fine. But you know what still is part of the formula is whatever net efficiency means, which... Uh, I don't know what goes into net efficiency. Others who are smarter than me would, but um, offensive efficiency minus defensive efficiency. So the more efficient you are on offense, the better it is for your net ranking. The more efficient you are on defense, the better it is for your net ranking, right? So on the women's side... um, on the women's side, again, I think they are slightly different, but there, there's a there's an FAQ where it says something like, uh, is, is margin of victory... Oh, here it is. Does running up the score improve a team's net ranking? Here you go. The efficiency component of net is based on net points per possession, which you can think of maximizing in this way. Every time down the court on offense, you want to score the more points, the better. Every time down the court on defense, you want to stop the opponent from scoring. The fewer points, the better. (laughs) That's real life. Straight off the NCAA website. So, I think on the men's side, like you want the best possible offensive efficiency and the best possible defensive efficiency to go into the net. So, Passner is 100% right. It is better for Pittsburgh to go out there and keep scoring... And to continue to prevent Louisville from scoring, that may not be considered scoring margin, but it still factors in. And it's why the net is absolutely stupid, because who cares if you win that game by 30 last night? You won by tw- you dominated the game. Pull blank hits and out so he doesn't get hurt. Let him sit. They finally did after he got his 40 piece. And then move on. Who, there cares needs to be- you, who cares if the final margin ends up being 12 points and Louisville scores some buckets and hurts your defensive efficiency the rest of the way? That should not matter, but I think it does. And so Passner was 100% right. This is my problem uh, with the net ranking and one of the reasons why I think the ACC has continued uh, to sort of take it on the chin year after year because other leagues, I don't know, have figured out how to be how to make their net numbers look good, the ACC maybe hasn't. And I know non-conference schedules and, and performance goes into that. But uh, I, I agree with Luke and Jim Beheim that the league isn't this bad, like, isn't as bad as people make it out to be. Well, I, I think it's a farce. Like, it's an average league. Why isn't Wake Forest in the NCAA? And I know they got beat yesterday. No so quad one wins. Point. That'll do it. 
So, well, somebody put it, no, but somebody. Yeah, but do they have any bad losses? But I think like so, they like, did the comparison so awake like, in Florida. Who who who, uh, who was it? Somebody improved to seven and two, Kansas, I think, yes. improved to seven and two in quad one or against ranked opponents. So, so they're winning against Oklahoma yesterday, but they've lost a lot of bad games. They've, they've got a lot of bad losses. They, Why don't those matter? Games. They have road games against teams that are probably going to make the NCAA tournament. And here's my question: that they I've lost always- to UCF. Like why? Yeah, did, they why were, the ACC best? was like so nine was and three. The, the, so like the ACC, to me, maybe don't get as many good wins according yeah. to the computer formula, but possibly don't take as many bad losses like Louisville aside. Or there's obviously so that teams leads in the league me to do. My bubble but like, point. Why, why are good? Why don't bad losses matter? It seems to me that the good wins matter way more than bad losses. Like if you avoid bad losses, that doesn't matter as so much. So here's as what I always say about quad one games. bubble teams: I know you can lose. There's a reason you're on the bubble. I know you can lose. Show me who you can beat. If you beat, I I weigh good wins more than I weigh bad losses because there's a reason you're on the bubble. So does the committee? So I want to see who or so does beat. the net. Yes, beat good teams, get in the NCAA tournament. Wake Forest has no quad one wins right now. I'll get to you in a second, but. The fact of the matter don't, don't you think that's amazing by the way but don't you think that Rabo and Co coming up that's yeah, more of what hey, you're going to get right there but we don't take calls <laughs> I, I got a feeling Co. you're going to be taking calls if you're you might, swimming you solo you maybe you might take some calls I would consider taking some yeah, calls I'll, I'll but, yeah, but you're I, good to me that's why you end up with Purdue losing to Fairleigh Dickinson in the first round well they had a lot of good wins but they might have had some bad losses, too, and they lost a bad one in the first round. What's the ACC versus the Big 12's record this year? I don't know. Nine and three. Nine and three. The Big 12's one it, of the widely regarded as they, one of the top And, and I understand, like, it's some of the, the bottom feeders. But if you're going to lump everything in there, it's like you split the SEC-ACC challenge, but the Mountain West has more teams in the big dance than the ACC. The ACC. <laughs> like San right Diego now. State's a top. 16 team according to the reveal yesterday. so how many ACC teams should be in the tournament Duke North Carolina obviously right obviously. now there's Virginia five. obviously Clemson Virginia uh, who's the fifth I mean I think Wake I mean I know Wake again lost yesterday but but I mean you look at all did the, you watch that game yesterday and think that either one do you want to see either of those teams play in the NCAA tournament? I didn't watch the game yesterday 49 oh, 47 but I mean, like that that was that was sex Virginia but basketball. that was sex for someone it was yeah, the big east of you know what i mean like 48 49 it's a slug fest like, I, I i think like wake should probably be in clemson right there i i don't know syracuse should probably have a shot to be at, like they're pro- they're on the bubble now that they beat yeah. north carolina they need they still have more work to do they still have more work to do okay they do more work to do. What would that work? What would that work? If they could have just beat Louisville by thirty, they'd be in the field. Pick up another quad one win or two, do some damage in the ACC tournament. Kenny Payne could win. This is from our buddy uh, yeah, Nick Coffee. Kenny Payne could win sixty-eight games consecutively and still have a worse winning percentage than the previous staff. Sorry, I just saw that pop up on my Twitter. Uh, Nick Coffee's having a good time up in Indianapolis at the All Star game. I think he was up there. That's. That's mathematics right there. Analytics? Is that analytics? No, I think it's just math. I'd like to see one of these things actually happen where a coach wins like 68 straight games. Would, still, they'll still say, oh, he still had a worse record than the guy before him. I would love to see. <laughs> so, if he won 68 in a row, I'm pretty sure that would entail a national championship, which uh, would make everyone very happy. Speaking of uh, the net, which Nick Kern, obviously massive fan of, need to send uh, them a well, Valentine's just, Day it's card. It's just stupid. Like, no one can really explain. Did you hear my explanation for? Yes. Like, oh, I, I look, mean, come on. Uh, Pitt improved seven spots in the net from 50 
54 to 47 following Saturday's night, uh, Saturday night's win over Louisville. Panthers- Why? Why? Louisville's terrible in the net. Louisville dragged your net ranking down just by playing them. They moved up because they dominated the game, even though margin of victory doesn't matter. Panthers- Josh Pastor was 100% right. Panthers still have a quad one opportunities remaining with Clemson and Wake Forest, have already won at Duke and Virginia. So there you go on that. So maybe Pitt may be in there. Do we have a call? You calm down. You're no, hot that, and bothered. No, we that don't guy, have a call. No, right that now. guy. Uh, we were supposed. We got another call. Whoever was, was trying uh, to call, call back. Yeah, call back. Okay, two six seven nine six eighty is the phone number. Four three seven nine six eighty. UPS jobs. Text I'm fired on. up about you the are. Net ranking. You're looking good. You, you got the Bill Self uh, quarter zip on today with the Louisville Dunking Cardinal bird. He was rocking that yesterday against Oklahoma. Well, he didn't have a Louisville Dunking. Well, I know, but it's the it's the Kansas. It's the new Adidas newish. They don't have Adidas under there. It's just the the triangle. That's the right. Three yeah, stripes right there. Right. Uh, Nick, you're an idiot. That coming yep. down at four three seven nine six eighty. UPS jobs Why text I, line. I mean, I know that I'm an idiot, well, but what specifically? Makes me an idiot oh, to that uh, person. Maybe on Kenny on being young. Well, 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 if it isn't consequences of my actions. Okay. I just want the next coach to take accountability for the good and the bad. The deflecting Kenny has done nearly with everything is exhausting. Look, I, I'll say this about Kenny. He, he does the uh, Rick Patino. He, he's got a little Rick Patino in him. I understand. Stay with me because I know a lot of people I'm are like, Rick Patino said he did 30-minute well, uh, co- post. Oh, Maybe my he's, goodness. Oh, I can't oh. wait for this. Let's wow. go. Uh, well, we'll get to this in a second. Maybe he's got some John Calipari. Well, Where were you yeah. going? With well, it? I was going to say more so of uh, him just saying, look, they're good kids, uh, but it, I, I've told them over and over again the plays. It's just not sticking. But at the end of the day, it's on me. So he blames the guys, yeah. and then he takes responsibility. It's, the, it's a beautiful take you to the blame sandwich uh jack grossman i think is going to be doing our show next week by the way uh so uh, i think he's, so we're going to take uh first time long time well actually it's been a while from jack yeah. grossman field hey. 68 floyd street's finest i think he's in louisville still how are you buddy uh, i'm fantastic you know first time caller long time listener i'm a former i guess producer and host <laughs> but no, I'm I'm actually uh, just past henryville i'm on the way to bloomington oh that's oh, right, right. about talking about bad basketball that's what i'm gonna see today god bless you man <laughs> have fun jack gets yeah. in but here's the thing syracuse isn't in the ncaa tournament because they lost to florida state georgia tech and boston college florida state's they don't have, not a terrible loss that's a quad three loss to losing yeah, at florida but, state but at you home. can't you can't attack you can't florida defend state the net ranking state. by coming at me with numbers that are within the net ranking <laughs> well, it's a quad well, three loss, but, says but, but, the but, but net. You're, I'm, you're I'm, I'm challenging the whole about, structure of the net, period. The Kansas loss. You're mad about the Kansas loss to UCF when Boston College, Florida State, and Georgia Tech are worse losses than UCF. Especially when two of those three losses were at home, whereas the UCF well, loss was on the road, and Kansas has, oh, no, you know, seven quad one wins, whereas Syracuse has two. Wake Forest is one in five against quad one. You got to beat someone. This isn't football where you just say, oh, well, you know, the loss is the loss is the loss. You got to beat someone in addition to that. Everything matters with that. I'm with you from the standpoint, like, the net's messed up and it's skewed towards, towards the teams that just blow out a bunch of bums in the non conference. But at the end of the day, the ACC, you, you can use the net, you can use whatever you want. You watch the eye test, and it's just 
it's not good basketball most of the time, and that that's a lot of that's but, you know, a lot of leagues though. Like, I, did did. Well, like, this is the ACC. It's supposed to be the best basketball conference in the country. Well, it hasn't been the that's, best basketball you know, conference in the country. That in the Big East, but, you know, you lose Patino, you lose Bayheim, Coach K, Roy Williams in a, in a three-, four-year span. That's a lot. That's a lot for a league to lose in, in that quick of an era, especially, you know, Pittsburgh. They're, they're, they're a little bit better now. They might be on the bubble, but or, or maybe even in the field. But, I mean, you know, they're not doing what they were doing in the Big East with Jamie Dixon. You've lost a lot of star power in that league. And and you know what? And Miami's been incredibly disappointing this year. That was a team you thought that was supposed to be good. Florida State has kind of fallen off a cliff the last couple of years under Leonard Hamilton. Virginia's fine, but they're not what they were with Kyle Guy and Ty Jerome. It's just the league isn't what it used to be. And it's honestly, it's pretty saddening to see. See, because, you know, you're used to the ACC being this power. And even if you want to call it an average league or whatever – it's just not what it, it used to be, and it's and 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 this is working on a second, third, fourth year in a row to where you're starting to worry. Is this the new norm for the but, ACC to where it's close to the Mountain West and the Big Twelve? But no league is well, like I, I don't. Th- that's the thing. I, no one's head and shoulders above. I mean, I think UConn probably is, but no one's. There's very few teams that are head and shoulders above anybody. You know what I, I mean? You got, you got, you got, and Purdue are the two. Purdue, and, yeah, and you we'll, don't, and, yeah, and yeah, we'll you see, Houston, we'll, we'll see what Purdue does in March. But yeah, like, let's you know, let's you not let's not Purdue buy into Purdue. They, <laughs> like, I, I, come on, you don't, have, you don't have to tell you don't have to tell me twice to not buy into Purdue. But <laughs> but I mean, you look at the resume. I mean, they have wins over Marquette, Tennessee, um, Alabama. I'm trying to rattle them off the top of my head. I I don't I can't really you know look at a schedule and drive and talk on the phone but, at the same no, time. No, sure, but <laughs> but like you at least agree, and I, I think you probably think it should be this way, and I think Zach thinks it should be this way, and but I I don't know should to me the the good wins way out way outweigh the the lack of bad losses. So, like, if you are one in five in quad one games or whatever, but you don't really have any bad losses on your resume, that's not as impactful as being seven and two in quad one games, but having three or four other quad three losses. You would agree with that, right? I, I, would, I would rather have the team that, that has the higher potential. Well, I, I, I mean, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not rewarding like you know when uh, I'll pull, I'll pull out an example. Indiana, uh, the Romeo Langford year where they missed the tournament, they lost 12 out of 13 games. They did not have any bad losses, but they were something like three and 12 in quad ones. You're telling me, you know, you're comparing them against a team that has similar metrics, but they're three and one in quad one, and maybe they, because they play in a worse league, they might have two quad three losses, whereas that Indiana team didn't have any. I'm telling you which team I'm digging. It's not Indiana <laughs> in that standpoint. But here, here's where I'm with you, with you on it. I, I think there needs to be a way to where, you know, if you're playing like Baylor played so many quad four games in, in the non-conference, they played a lot of cupcakes. And they blew them all out. And that inflates their net ranking. Right. I don't think that should inflate the net ranking. But when UConn 
beat the top five Marquette team by, what was it, 29 yesterday? Yeah. Like, that should matter a lot more than if they would have won that game by three points. I, I don't disagree with that, but... But so, so, but, so I but think I also what you got to do, you got you to figure out a way to where you I can also don't, that out. But I that, don't but that's where you, do that. But that's where, well, it's it's not hard. You just have to do actual work and watch the games. <laughs> like, that, that's what the people have to do. Like, all this, all these numbers things are ways, it happens in baseball, it happens, it's just ways so people don't have to put in the time to actually watch the games. They it's can the just eye get a test. Neat, they We're can getting get back a neat to the num- eye test. They can get a neat number. Of course, there there has no, to be that, some way to compare teams. Like, I get you that, but... Like Kirk Street trying to say, say, if you just watch Alabama and Florida State, you gotta put Alabama in. No, but you do... <laughs> well, yeah, that, well, that's boy, stupid. He, he, but, does, but he you, just rope-a-doped you in our uh, Florida no, State no, argument no, after. No, 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 but you do have to watch the games. Like, what UConn did to Marquette yesterday of course should matter but like i don't think it should be factored in the formula a win's a win a loss is a loss i think that um i i think in that way you have to depend on the people making the decisions to at least watch the game some like that matters so hopefully the number one team in the country playing the number four team in the country two teams that you had in your top 16 reveal on the top couple of seed lines yesterday hopefully you had an eye on that game and watched it i would hope right i, I would hope so. that would be pretty I mean, tragic that, that, that's that's where that has to matter to me we got to get to a break while you all were battling over the net i was just reading through mark blankenbaker's tweets from last night during the oh, game where boy. he's battling everyone and uh also on there i ha- i saw the uh, donald trump uh, gold shoes at sneaker con that i want to dive into jack so be safe if you're driving up uh, to indiana and bloomington and maybe all-star weekend and for some of the festivities up there buddy i appreciate you i know uh you'll be filling in for one of the hours next Next week with the field of uh, 68 Floyd Street's finest podcast. Greatly appreciate it, buddy. Uh, pleasure's all mine, guys. Have a good one. Also, Nick, uh, before I go, I got to tell you, I got a friend, one of my buddies I'm meeting in Bloomington for this game. Yes. I asked if his girlfriend was going to come. She's coming down from from Indy to Louisville for the women's game tonight. I love it. She wanted to see women's basketball. And, you know, honestly, she's probably smarter than the rest of us because that'll, that'll be a better game. <laughs> I love that. That makes me very happy. Safe, yeah. safe travels getting like your uh, Your gold. friend has a keeper there. <laughs> yes, he does. All right, All right buddy. We'll be in safe travels. Uh, he'll be yeah, on next it. week uh, for one of the hours, so we'll figure that out. Uh, that's a tease, boys and girls. But uh, always, it was so happy seeing Jackie Grossman around here. He, he popped in Friday. You'll love this. His dad had a, a meeting, and he oh. got picked up from the airport. So his dad just dropped him off here. He's like, oh, you'll figure something out while he goes to the meeting. And just like it was like daycare for Jack Grossman. Jackie daycare. Got a nice jingle, too. We need to take a break. Uh, by the way, real quick before the break, uh, we saw Jalen Williams kind of come down awkwardly on his knee for Auburn in that game last night. Uh, Auburn's announcing today that it was a non-season-ending knee injury for Williams. Not sure how long, if he'll be out, but good news there that uh, they expect him back. That was kind of a scary landing for him pretty late in the game yesterday so i wanted to make sure we met yeah no i i agree with you uh, on that all right let's take a break on the other side uh more reaction to nba all-star weekend trump gets some gold shoes they're called the january sixes uh that you could get maybe in the defining moment package the you j sixes like, you like that don't you that's pretty good i saw that on twitter and i was like the algorithm knows me uh but uh we'll dive into what else is going on with bill uh simmons and pat mcafee feuding carter knox adidas don't put too much stock into it. And then we got some Jay Billis sound uh, all in the final 20 minutes right here on your and sports station. And a country song of the week. And a country song of the week right here on your sports station, ESPN 680 1057.
You're locked on the Sunday Morning Hangover on ESPN 680 and 105.7. Now, here's Nick Curran and Phil Baker. on the road in Syracuse, but uh, the, now late, Toby Keith passed away a couple of weeks ago. Sad for the uh, for the country music world. Certainly a giant. How do you like me now? Big one. Toby Keith, our country song of the week. R.I.P. Yeah. Yes, a lot of people uh, upset about that on the text line uh, last week, and I was just like, yeah, we got to save this for Nikki C. Zach E.C. and I... Uh, Probably not the two best to break that down. That's probably a you. Did see him in concert a couple of times. Shocker. Greatest hits. I thought you were going to have me play Courtesy of the Red, White, and Blue. That's a July 4th song. Didn't want to be too divisive. Yeah, there you go. Got some nice gold shoes on today. Are those the Trumpers? No, I don't have gold. I don't pay. I'm not paying $399. I love that he went the sneaker con for that. That's great. Talk about worlds colliding on that. Uh, anyways, we've uh, spent a ton of time breaking down the KP worlds Prescott. Colliding That's something right yeah. there. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. Uh, Jay Billis was on with Bob earlier this week, and obviously was previewing a lot of the weekend games and whatnot. But I, I think big picture, when you talk about just the state of college basketball, the Louisville job, uh, everything in general, Jay Billis kind of critical. Some folks were critical of him on the uh, broadcast last night. But he had some interesting uh, tidbits on with uh, Bob. Here's what he had to say on if Louisville can be fixed. Here's what he had to say on this conversation going on, possibly, just maybe. I don't know. First of all, kudos on the use of champing. You you hear a lot of people say chomping gets a bit. That is incorrect. Perfect perfect usage of champing. Thank you. Um, I I don't see um, how... You know, this game-to-game sort of dissecting of everything uh, that Louisville does is going to be productive. Um, It's going to be, you know, can you get better from here to there the course of the year? Um, It's just so difficult to reverse course in the course of a year. And for those that – I'm sure there are fans that have their minds made up. There may be administrators that have their minds made up. Um, but I'm not sure all that's productive. Um, you know, it, it's not going to, they're not going to make the tournament. It's not going to get, uh, I don't see some sort of um, thing where, you know, they can win the automatic bid and get on that kind of run. I don't think they're that kind of team. So it's just, you know, it's like, it's like we were talking about turbulence. You know, you just have to ride it out. And, uh, and this is always, these things are always, you know, you serve at the pleasure of your, your administration, your bosses. And when they've, I, I still think that this is a big deal. And I, I'm not talking about Louisville here, just anywhere. 
when it hits their bottom line, that's when it's over. Mm. When butts aren't in the seats and when they're looking at, you know, if we don't do this, we're going to be in this cycle for longer and it's going to cost us more money. The bottom line is going to determine all of this. Great sound from Jay Billis. Uh, all I heard was Nick Valvano opening up the door, uh, for, which we both, we all turned our heads like uh, there was a dog whistle in here thinking somebody was opening the door for us and I that's thought it was I Zach. Thought, yes. And then I was like, Zach's right there. It's, that's, that's wonderful. That was, uh, that was great. The domino effect of changing coaches is unique in college basketball. We've talked about this for years, but I thought it was an interesting uh, discussion that Jay Billis had on with Bob earlier this week on the V shows. I'm starting. There's a domino effect in this that doesn't <laughs> exist anywhere that? else. Here's. Like until college sports does things on the the administrative, administrative and coaching side, like the NFL and the NBA, like when when uh, uh, you know when the Philadelphia 76ers fire a coach or the the uh, Milwaukee Bucks fire fire their coach. They're not getting another sitting NBA coach. They right. can't do that. Right. Uh, and they can't even get an assistant. I mean, the Milwaukee Bucks fired their guy and went into the the broadcast booth to get their next coach. Um, and college sports is totally different. Um, it's a destabilizing thing, and it, and it has far-reaching consequences. Which, which I'm curious with that, with the buyout everyone talks about drops on April 1st, how well, big of a role that plays. And I but, know it doesn't in college athletics, but it's like if somebody gets to the second weekend, then we'll talk. But I think we're all in agreement that discussions are ha- being had with agents, and you're I'm seeing sure. it with Musselman. Oh, there's no doubt. Well, Musselman, I mean, look, let's be honest. Like I, I'm so jaded from the last coaching search that I think any time – somebody puts their name enlisted like Charlie Donovan or message board stuff, there's an angle and there's a way to get a pace all with Bruce Pearl. You've seen it with a lot of guys out there. Uh, that's why I go back to the Eric Crawford interview. Nick and I did with, um, Eric Crawford on the V show a few weeks ago. And it was just like, be on the lookout. And I think you put a tweet out too. be on the lookout for some names that aren't being mentioned because those are the ones that, yeah, they're probably, yeah, they, yeah. they want to do it tastefully and whatnot. So I, I think that's, uh, some, that's how I would view it uh, in the weeks to come with that. But I, I'm in agreement. Um, you know, it's a unique situation when it comes to college basketball. It just is. It, it is, but it's also not like no one hires a sitting head coach before the season ends or their season ends. Not yeah, before, before their season end. ends. Right. Like is is Jay Billis suggesting that NBA teams shouldn't be able to hire coaches from other teams after the season's over? Because I don't agree with that at all. Yeah, I don't know. I just, it's unique from the standpoint of, look, I mean, you're, you're going to have these discussions. You hope to have somebody in place by the Final Four and what uh, not. Uh, all right. Well, I think that's all I need from Jay Billis, uh, unless I missed anything else. It's your least favorite segment. It's our favorite segment to close out the week. It is what else is going on on your sports station, ESPN 680. And now it's time for what else is going on with Nick Curran and Nick Evans. And Zachy C. And Phil Baker. All right. Working on that imaging. Daytona 500 postponed to tomorrow. Four Eastern, the race will run tomorrow. President's Day, Daytona 500. Is that on? Is that going to be on Fox or is it so. going to be on FS1? I think it's, I don't know what it's on now. I think it was It was supposed to be on Fox, I believe, but I don't know. What where. else does Fox have to show at 4 o'clock on a Maury Povich. I don't know. Yeah, I have no idea. No, it's Steve Wilkos. Get it right. Oh, yeah, you got it. Jared. You know what? Checkmate. Checkmate by you for knowing daytime television. Good, good job. I couldn't tell you the last time I watched. I think I was like third grade sick at my grandmother's house watching. You uh, were watching Jerry Springer? Jerry. Uh, was Jerry, I, Jerry. Jerry. Was I watching the mayor of... 
That was my guilty pleasure. Of course, Who I watched. Who didn't it. like Jerry Springer? I love Jerry Springer. Steve Wilkos, by the way, former Jerry Springer. Buddy. Oh, I know. He was the muscle, the ball yeah, guy. I always thought guy. he was Bill Goldberg for the longest time yeah, from he's, WCW. He's uh, not Bill Goldberg. He was not there. The Rock's back, apparently. By the he way. Is, All yeah, right, uh, let's go into. We talked about all. Do you have any other criticisms? Where to begin with Nick Hearn? Zach, I'll ask you. Yeah. Do you have any other criticism of uh, NBA All Star Weekend thus far? No, not a ton of other criticism. I'd like to see the skills contest be a little bit better. I think that, like I mentioned, like the TNT graphics, they didn't put up the scores to beat and things like I, that. I, I agree with you on that. that yeah. you, you gotta, we got to yeah. know what the score is. Like yeah. everybody, there's a reason that there's the big white box there on every football game or basketball game telling us the score and time and everything because not everybody's paying attention 24-7, yeah. the entire thing. So you got to show the graphics. you got to show who the leader is. But overall, as far as the event itself, like I said, I think the three-point contest has become bigger than the dunk contest. The skills challenge, I'd like to see a little bit more skill there. But, yeah, I mean, it's just not the same as it once was. Too, not to sound like an old head. But, like, just give me a good old-fashioned hardwood floor. Don't need the... Uh don't need what we had there. I'll grant you the argument on the jerseys and the ransom notes, and I hate the gimmicky things with that. I, I, I'll grant you that. It just feels gimmicky. It, yeah. it, it, again, would you watch the Pro Bowl this year? What I was, watch the Pro Bowl. No, Certainly did but not. what was gimmicky about that? They're throwing it at moving target. That's what these things are. Like, I, Did you watch the skills competition in the NHL? Name one good all-star game. The baseball all-star game. Yeah, because no, that's the baseball yeah, all-star game riveting. So they should do my... They should yes, impl- it is. The baseball all-star game is head and shoulders above any other all-star game. It's not even a debate. I think it's a definitely a debate. It's, I think they should go to the... They should implement I can't wait my new rules. 200 points today. I'm compelled in the ninth inning when the seventh outfielder from the Kansas City Royals is out there deciding the game. The Come seventh on. outfielder from the Royals isn't out there. The best outfielder from the Royals the who may happen inning, to be... The, yeah, they are. They start the game. No, the best outfielder from the Royals does not yeah, start in the, the Major Royals, League Baseball yeah. All-Star game. We I need can, to have I can assure you. Implement no, my the rule. best outfielder in baseball that happens to play for the Royals. Yeah, that's, that's fine. What I mean. not What's the wrong with that? It would you be, still get the, some of the best. They're still one of the best players in the game, and you get some of the best pitchers in the game. Uh, it's the best All-Star. It's the closest to what the game is actually during the regular season. Implement my extra inning home run derby, and then it will be the best one. Until then? Correct. Yes. Home run derby is the best. Well, no, no. If you want it to be the best, too. implement my rule instead of extra innings in baseball. You go to a home run derby. Yes, I think they. I think that's the rule now. Is it really? in the All Star boy, game? Boy, they uh, they've really latched me in on that. And I, Cincinnati seamhead fill over here. All right, uh, next up, you talked about this, uh, the Caitlin Clark story. I know you got strong opinions about this. Well, yeah, great shot for the I mean, uh, to break the record. She, yeah, oh yeah, just pulled up in the logo, scored the first eight points of the game. Didn't uh, waste any time. She scored 49 in that game on 16 of 31 shooting. What, 13 assists? She accounted for, I think it was 79 points in the game, which is insane. And uh, But she shoots 40 times a game. She doesn't shoot 40 times a game. <laughs> Cheryl Swoops put her foot in her mouth a couple of weeks ago talking about <laughs> Caitlin Clark. A lot of... I love that. That was on Gilbert Arenas' podcast, apparently. Yeah, and he didn't yeah. push back. I well, blame no. him, too. Hey, be safe. Listen, be safe. You Gilbert, know, you Gilbert, know about Gilbert Arenas' daughter. She'll be, she'll be a Cardinal next year. I uh, can't wait. I need... I, I don't want... I need you to go onto their podcast. I'm never going to be I, on podcast. I need you, this if to the, happen. If that ever happens, that would be a wild situation, Look, I would think. But, but if I they, think... If they ever need to fill some space on the pregame show and you just see Gilbert Arenas 
maybe semi-coaching Jeff Walsh with the sidelines about what he needs or shouldn't do to implement some of the things with his daughter. I would love for you to get an interview for that. That would be wonderful. I would love to interview Gilbert Arenas. Uh, But I think that uh, Cheryl Swoops put her foot firmly in her mouth. It's been pretty... Well taken out. Jay Williams may have put his foot in his mouth yesterday as well. He called uh, uh, DJ Wagner Dewan Wagner during game day, which I enjoyed. Jay Williams' logic, anybody who doesn't win a championship is not a great player. So Dan Marino's not great. Charles Barkley's not great. Carl Malone, blah, blah, blah. I mean, Maybe Carl Malone's not the best example. I think adding John Stockton. I think adding a championship certainly is a big deal, but I don't think you have to win one to be a great player. Caitlin Clark is a great player. There's, yeah, if she played she, at UConn, she'd have won two or three national titles. How many great players... Good players are at UConn, but they're considered great because UConn was UConn. Yeah, then it, it's great for college basketball that the there's more talent and it's becoming more distributed, which I think is a good thing. Uh, but she she's fun. I mean, she's she's a lot of fun because she plays the game the way that is like in vogue right now. Like I think Steph Curry is a generational player because he has fundamentally changed the way. Um, the game is played in the NBA, and she is in that mold. There's no question about it. She's so much fun to watch. and uh, She's the biggest star in college basketball, men or women. She is. Nine 100% plus. she is. And um, Who put their a- foot in their mouth when they said, oh, okay, never mind. There to, it is. <laughs> to anyone who uh, who thinks that uh, – who thinks – We should get Rex Ryan's thoughts on this. <laughs> well, to anyone that just doesn't embrace what she is and, and being able to, to watch how much – how impressive she i mean we got to see it up close unfortunately in the elite eight last year uh, but speaking it, of that's she's a, selling out arenas around the country she's gonna it, i don't know if she'll come back for another year at iowa she could if she goes to the wnba she's going to sell out arenas in the wnba too uh she's she's great for the game the women's championship classic that was announced earlier this week too i know you got to be excited the about women's that champions classic yes uh uh, in Brooklyn at the Barclays Center next year, Louisville, U- it's going to be a UConn and Fox thing. UConn's going to be in it every year with three rotating teams, and we don't know the matchups yet, but it's Louisville, UConn, Iowa, and Tennessee, so any of those matchups for the cards would be really, really good. Um, so a really cool event next year for, for Louisville. Have you all been following this feud between Bill Simmons and Pat McAfee? Yes. I've read a little bit, but I haven't. I don't really know it, what's happening. It's little jabs here and About there. About what? Uh, numbers. It, numbers. It's oh. nerd stuff. Like, boy, we've seen it here locally in the ratings. past. Uh, ratings. But it was like you had like 8,800 people do the, you know, you, you see on the, the, the predetermined parlays, like you can do Chris Brickley, for example, does like a predetermined and draft Kings three-team right. player parlay. You can, you can just can do buy that. it, basically. Right, exactly. You don't have to think about it. Uh, but I guess Bill Simmons did one similar to that, and then like McAfee had to lay it out. It's like, oh, I've done uh, – we had about 250,000 people that did that, and they've just been bickering back and forth on ratings and things like Does anybody care about that, or no, is that no. just like us getting I, – I care no, about no, it. No, people do. I care about it because I like the wrestling minutia behind it. No, That's no, all no. it is. No, it's a I, media nerd thing. No, but I, I think um, – I think that does help because they all have tribes that follow them very, very closely. So it's playing to the diehards. So, like, people who are Team Pat McAfee are even more all in on Pat McAfee in this feud because he's feuding with Bill Simmons. Same with people who are Team Bill Simmons. They're all in on Bill Simmons, and they're going to be more entrenched with Bill Simmons. So I do actually think for, like, the some of the hardcores it may matter, for the, for the casual people that just kind of tune in every now and again. I, I enjoy both real. their content, so I'm not going to pick a side here, but yeah, it's fascinating. You saw where Bill Simmons is like, you know, everybody on ESPN, their ratings went up except for whatever replaced sports, sports center at 12. Like, <laughs> hmm. 
<laughs> what could yeah. that be? Yeah, that that was a little little jab there. Reminder coming up after us. Uh, Nick Hearn will be on one thirty over ninety three nine. The Ville Louisville women taking on Virginia Tech. Uh, the Hokies should be a good good crowd on there. Be sure to stop by uh, Bernos there, and George. There, there's a post game after yeah, that too. Dave, Dave, Dave Skull and Chrissy Banta they got you covered for that over on ninety three nine. The Ville after Nick goes off there. And reminder for all those masses out there: the NBA All Star Game seven p.m. on All Sticks on ESPN six eighty one zero five seven. I'm trying to see what the over under is. It's got to be like 380. How have we not brought up the Devils and the Flyers? Yes, yes, go ahead. Tell me about this. So the Flyers and Devils played an outdoor game up at, I believe, MetLife Stadium. Correct. And so the Flyers came out, dressed all their players came out dressed like Rocky, of course, about to walk up the steps. And then uh, all the players on the New Jersey Devils came out wearing mob stuff like uh, the Sopranos. So they looked like they were ready to go fight crime. That's great stuff. So you got the ultimate clash there. I'm Look, for somebody like me who loves both of those things, I that is much better than just seeing people come out in their random suits and everything. I want to see more athletes dressed like Tony Soprano go into a basketball game or a hockey game or whatever, and I want to see more people in Philadelphia just embrace the Rocky role. If you've got that kind of background, embrace it. It's I think, fun. I think there You're, are a decent amount of athletes that dress like Tony Soprano, actually. And millionaires. Get the gobble and, goal. And, and millionaires. I, I think I've told Nick this off the air. I'm not going to say his name, but uh, Christmas Eve, last-minute shopping. Shocker. Uh, I was dr- waiting in a very long line, probably one of the most wealthiest individuals in the city. Dressed just like Tony Soprano. And I loved every second of it. I was like, shout out to you. Good for you. What? No ziti? I mean, for the masses, uh, that was Zach's. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not impersonating him. I'm just saying we're not having Zidi. <laughs> well done by you. Uh, I, the Super Bowl. Did we? I know you've talked about this nonstop. Have we talked about that since? No, I don't think so. I didn't know if we. It was last week. It was. It yeah, was. We haven't talked. about Okay. It since. Well, yeah, there it is. I'll Every probably other still show. talk about it this. To well, be the man. <laughs> woo! You got to be the man. Beaten, no one's beaten the man. Yeah, yeah. It's a crazy, sad scene out there in Kansas City during the parade. I was listening to some of yeah. our uh, sister stations' coverage over on eight ten. So good job by them. Thinking of Jason and company and all those out there uh, in the home office. Next week uh, we're going to be out. Jack Grossman's going to be in, and we're going to re-rack the Kentucky Fish and Wildlife post game show. Appreciate uh, all the folks that uh, have the uh, latest Baker kid. Making yes, it. I got to figure out a name. We're struggling on right. that. <laughs> we're struggling on that. Uh, maybe I'll do a live hit from the delivery room. I don't know if we no, should do I don't that, think we should do that. We'll be back with you in a couple weeks. Looking forward to that. Until the next episode, a happy 58th birthday to Dr. Dre. We'll talk to you next week. Taking care of your family isn't always easy, so we make sure getting care when you need it is. With Baptist Health Urgent and Virtual Care, we bring you more options and greater convenience, too. With video visits available 24-7 and online check-in through MyChart for in-person visits. To check in online or to set up a video visit, go to baptisthealth.com slash careanywhere. When it's time to replace your heating and air system, we know people want options. That's why you'll always get a free second opinion with BJ Heating and Cooling. Plus, for a limited time, get 0% financing for 60 months on a new Bryant system. Call the experts you can trust at BJ Heating and Cooling.